Welcome back to the Archive Podcast. My name is Noah. And my name is Gavin. And we're the Blanchard Brothers, back with you once again for uh, another 2x2 two two retro review. Yes, That's indeed. kind of the main thing that we're doing. Might be the last one for a while. Yeah, I know. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Well, maybe we can discuss what else we should be doing. What else is there? I, I don't know. Uh, but yeah. That was the Swan Princess joke, by the way. It's been a while. Yeah, like he like what what do, you, what do you love about me? What what else is there? <laughs> no, it's clicking now. Oh, okay, I just, good. I have, you know, it's been a while. Yeah. Shout out to the Swan Princess. Yeah. Who, who released that? DreamWorks. Or I don't no, think DreamWorks, DreamWorks was, was a def- thing yet, but DreamWorks was definitely Pebble and the Penguin. But I don't know who did the Swan Princess. It escapes me, and I don't want to look it up right now. Okay. Well. That's that. Yep. Uh, okay. So, we can do the usual. I got a few things. Not yeah, much. Me but uh, what you been? What you been watching since the last time I saw you? Uh, watching, listening to. I did watch uh, this much. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great show. It's award-winning. Um, it should be, you know, the top ten of everyone's list. Is this much re- I know. Is that what she called it? I thought it was something different that she reversed around. Anyways, I know this much is true. Uh, was it I know this much or this much I know this, this much, much I, I know is yeah. what she said this much yes. I know yeah for anyone we at Father's Day was this past weekend we, yes. we were able to get together all four of us which was great semi-social distancing in the pool and I had, mom was I had talking. ribs yeah I haven't had ribs in forever God, and me neither they were great they were amazing dad doesn't even eat ribs I know but that's he killed it. it it was awesome yeah I he did didn't have kill the he, no, he didn't go he get the animal. Killed, like yeah. you know, that's what how the kids say it. Mm-hmm. That's how I meant it. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, no, I'm saying I'm. <laughs> speaking of food, I've only been watching Hannibal, so there's a lot of a lot, a lot of, of twists food and turns. Porn in there, from what I hear. Yeah, like a lot of. Is that a person or no? <laughs> Looks could be, couldn't be. Very like. Hey, these people have seen the opening credits to American Psycho one too many times. Dude, the la- I'm, I'm in the last season, and it's gotten like. Really cinematic you for the last NBC. season of Hannibal. It's only three. Are they're they? Only you, oh, they're thirteen. Yeah. Oh, I'm I know, surprised I know what I'm dude. doing after I after I conclude The Sopranos, which uh, at this rate will be probably by the end of next week. Mm-hmm. So I not did, the next time we record, but probably the next next time. I can tell you what I thought of it yeah. overall. I did listen. But to I got the, I got two left of season five right now. Real quick, sorry. For anybody who cares, Joey Pats is gone, right? He's already gone. Pants has been point. gone for a bit. Spoilers for a show that's been off the air for over a decade. Over, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's been gone for a bit. Uh, you want me to tell you how it happens? Please do. All right, spoiler alert for season four. Four. Four, I believe. Mm-hmm. Season four of Sopranos. Uh, so. I just want to know because I'm just going to tell you. Without I did a ton of backstory, basically. I did listen to him and Marin, and he explained it that he'd never seen it. And yeah, he's like, he still they hasn't it, watched They pitched it to me. It's like, hey, you come in, you're there for a year, you go up against Tony, and eventually you lose. Yeah. I did it. That's, that's it. it. That's the argument. What else do you want, Mark? But he, it, they point out in that episode, of course, usually up to that point, the kind of villains or the like foe for the seat, it had been for the season. Right. And so when he didn't get killed off in season three, you were like, wait what's going on here right and it throws you off guard and then all of a sudden um and it also it's not it doesn't happen in like a finale or anything Mm -hmm. but basically the dispute at the end of the day is because joey pants um 
burnt down the stables where uh, they've been betting. Tony bought a horse, etc. They've been betting. They're doing really well at the track. Uh, the horse wasn't doing good. They, he needed the insurance money to pay for an operation for his kid. A lot of backstory. Anyways, Tony was pissed that he, he basically killed his horse. He burnt his horse, and then they had to put the horse down. Uh, so that's what it escalated over. And then hmm. he, he just fucking, they have a knockdown, drag out fight in a kitchen. And yeah, and then he bashes his brains in basically to the tile floor. Uh, yeah. Wow. Crazy. I just crazy scene. Yeah. I am in season five and just watched what is, I think, and arguably like an all timer. It's called The Test Dream. I think it's an early Matt Weiner episode. Um, and there's like a 22 minute dream sequence, like just in the middle of the episode, and you don't quite realize you're in it until you're about like five or six minutes into the dream. Mm-hmm. And it starts to click, and then you're like, how long is this fucking going to go on? And it just, it is. One of the more astounding hours of television I've seen in a while, but specifically that sequence, I was just like, dude, this shit's great. So yeah, I'll be done with season five probably tonight, because I don't have to work tomorrow. Which is why I'm here tonight. You do have to work, right? I do, yeah, I always do. Yeah. So we'll it's try not to keep this quite as late as our, our last episode. We've had a couple two and a half hours yeah, man. Uh, this season, which has been great. Um, Luckily, we only have really this, one great movie to talk about tonight. True. I don't know how long the uh, Broke Down Palace discussion will be. Any other uh, TV? Okay, so Hannibal, Hannibal. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no. You I'm were... really, in, I'm just, I'm really interested to see we, because there's so many little nods to, like out of nowhere. So like, rant. Just I'm just gonna paint this picture for you. I'm not gonna spoil anything. Out of nowhere, like there's just a woman in Hannibal's office in season two, and then all of a sudden it's like. I mean, she's got this brother, they're a family, and all of a sudden it's like, this guy has, like, pigs on a pig farm. And I'm like, fucking Gary Oldman from Hannibal. Like, they're going to set this character up. And they fucking do. And, like, the way in which they show you how he becomes, how Gary Oldman is. Gotcha. It's so fucking good, dude. All right. I'm interested to see how what you, you think. Okay. Who's the who's the dude again? Mags? Mickelson? No. Obviously, I Hugh know, Dancy. Man. Hugh Dancy. How, how do you feel about him? Because that was so many shades the, of there's so the many wild like, card for me. In as much as like I was excited by the idea of Mads, but I was never sold on Hugh Dancy. I'm not a at that, but he. What I was Dancy's other? Big I don't know thing? what he was in. He had something. Prior he to looks hella familiar. I mean, maybe he We've showed up in Game of Thrones. Him. I don't know. Um, I, don't, I don't think so. There's so many know. shades of like. Oh, this is one. This is like. The voice and like getting to the voice and feel of Peterson, mm-hmm. but there's never the physicality of it. There's little nods to the Peterson character, and I get because that's the most iconic thing. There's no Clarice Starling. There is a Clarice, Clarice Starling esque character, okay, played by my girl. She shows up. She's in there. Anna Klumski. Oh yeah. Oh okay. Yeah. I can there's dig a, it. There's an arc with her and Jack Crawford. You know, Larry Fishburne, um, but. It's almost like there's so who's many nods. Favorite, who's your favorite Jack Crawford? Dude, it's it's always Dennis Farina. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Well, if you can't look anymore, <laughs> I can't do a good Farina. I, anyway, um, but and hundred percent, I'm right there with you. I've, Scott Glenn though, Scott Glenn though, and then I go no no it's it's Farina Keitel Glenn Glenn above Keitel. I love Keitel, but Glenn above Keitel. Yeah. Kaitel's riding Farina's coattails, if anything. Yeah. I don't know. I do appreciate that. Can't say that in a lot of cases. Right. But 
I don't but it's it's obviously done by people who looked at this entire the entire four movies and thought there's a weird idea I have about how to do this that will pay homage to like so, people who've been there but so not a not a hundred percent in the same vein but I'm, I'm sensing a little bit of similarities in terms of fans taking the reins as, as maybe a little show called Cobra Kai, which we hopefully oh, can yeah, talk dude. about very soon. Hopefully. Because it just got moved over to Netflix. Oh, I can't. I don't know when season three is officially dropping, but from what I've read in the announcement articles, in the fall, seasons one and two are going to just appear. And then maybe it'll be a Christmas present. I don't know when maybe they're going to drop be. this thing. I don't know how much they had left to finish in post, because um, I know they got interrupted because of corona a bit, right and because of the shake of not knowing like where the future seasons were gonna go mm-hmm. also i mean cool of, I, I, I don't know how all this stuff goes down but cool of youtube or somebody in the process of being like yeah we're not gonna like you guys can shop it around like we're not gonna just cancel you outright right and you're cool to take this to other places for syndication etc and like well, there's like not the, just cutting it off at the knees because well i told you the the guy that was in the he was in the branch and he was closing his account out and i noticed he had the same cobra kai shirt i did i was like do you like your shirt and he goes oh yeah man can't wait for season three i was like dude season three and he goes yeah i was yeah. just on a plane a couple months ago and I, I like the producers of it were sitting in first class and like i realized it was them and i'm like first off i'm like how do you realize that it's them? Like, you have to love the show enough to have gone and looked at who they are to be able to... He said he spoke to one of them. He was like, you know, great show. Like, I love it. Thank you so much for it. And I was like, yeah, my brother was telling me that they asked one of the guy, the bigger dude, the big dude, like the older guy that's in, you know, the Paul Walter Hauser, whatever his mm-hmm. name is. And I was like, my brother told me they asked him about, like, who his favorite villain was this. And he's like, you know, I I love Terry Silver. That's all I'm going to say. And he was like, oh, they got to bring him in. I'm like, dude, they have to. It was like talking to another one of you and me. I know, man. In a Cobra Kai. It's like, it's the ultimate handshake television show. For, that's one of them, for sure. For us. Yes. A shared handshake show. For sure. But, yeah, I thought that was just a neat little interaction. So, hopefully, we will be getting that. And, so like, that happens. And then, literally, two days later, you're like, dude, it's going to Netflix. I was like, all right, this week's gotten a little bit better. All right, we're we're <laughs> yeah. we're getting there. Um, we have to talk about the elephant in the room, though. What's what's that? You had to cry, little sister. Had to cry a little bit, no one. Oh yes, yeah. I, we needed to get to this for sure. Um, yeah, in the midst of everything going on right now, Joel Schumacher. Is he eighty? Eighty. Mm. Yes, passed away. We love him for many different reasons, but. Specifically for us, yes, it's Lost Boys. I get so I, mad he because could have, he could have literally never made another movie, and we would still be like, "Dude, that's the guy." Best that's the guy. Because everything um, was like, "Oh, Saint, Saint, the the news thing at work comes up: Saint Elmo's Fire director Joel Schumacher passed away." I'm like, "Uh, that over Lost Boys?" And I'm thinking, "That over like Batman forever?" What, wait, what did they reference? Sorry, Saint Elmo's Fire. I, I, I mean, I does. I know it's a big early one, but it's not the the Schumacher movie that like leaps to mind immediately. Maybe maybe this news news then, thing is designed for people of an older generation. Like that's what's going to grab them, you know. True, but yeah, I was falling just falling like, down. Yeah, maybe my maybe my favorite in the entire bunch outside of Lost Boys is Eight Millimeter, which I haven't seen in a bit. Yeah, and 
not not a fun one necessarily. Not one you jump to, to rewatch. What did he do that was really good, but like no one talks about? Wasn't there like a sleeper hit that was just Tigerland like a... yeah. with Farrell, and then they did Phone Booth together, which I actually rewatched a couple months ago, and that was one of those when it came to DVD. It's like an 80, 85 minute movie. Mm-hmm. I would like crush that in an evening, and then like throw on usually Ocean's Eleven right behind it, right, and go to sleep. But I, I probably have seen Phone Booth like 30 times, and then I just rewatched it for the first time in maybe 10 years. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, that's what Lost Boys I is still, to me in the summertime. I still really, really like it. Like, I always put Lost Boys on at night. If I'm, well, I mean, obviously I'm watching Hannibal, but like. And I, like, I know he got, in general, I feel like he's not, he's remembered as more of a cult director. He has a handful right. of movies that people really, really adore. And then maybe more mainstream speaking, people kind of think of him as a joke or like a, a trash master and like mm. a Rennie Harlan sort of space or something like that. And I'm just Almost like, like a, a I, precursor oh, to Michael Bay, so to speak. Yeah. I just, I always thought, we can talk about Bay here in a second. If you want to keep going with the current news and zeitgeist. Oh, I'd like to cycle, know. I don't know what but, you're talking about. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, so I don't know where people stand on him long term. He has, I, I mean, I just named three in particular, but Several movies in his filmography, I'm like yeah, there's some duds in there. Flatliners does not hold up, even though yeah. it was such a huge cable movie for most of our childhood. Um, not a huge fan of the opera guy personally, like in general, and also not crazy about that adaptation. But it is what it is. And but I will sit here, and I'm not gonna sit here and like defend to the death. But when I was a little kid, and we saw Batman Forever in the theater when we were living in Japan, um. I thought it was like the greatest motion picture experience I had had outside of Return of the Jedi. Right. At my at that point in my young life in the theater. Um, I thought it was incredible. I still like still kind of ride for Val Kilmer as Batman as being fairly underrated. Ooh. And same thing with Batman and Robin. Ooh. When I saw it as a child, what what's what's Brother, we are we are what we, are we neglecting? We got we no 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 no. This is what we're missing. Okay. We got Lost Boys, Saint Almost Fire, Flat Me, Flatliners, Falling Down. Next year, the client. Oh, I forget about the client, and dude. Then, How many times do we rent the client exactly. down at the Emerald Isle Beach House? Exactly. Holy shit! Follows up the client with Batman Forever. Okay. Also, Time to kill. Yes, that's what I was getting <laughs> at. The year after Bat- Batman Forever, literally Batman Forever, he uh, he produces the Babysitter, and then Time to Kill right back for Batman and Robin. Then eight millimeter. Then he's got Flawless, which is the De Niro. Yeah, not yeah. Does yeah. That that goes in the not great has an H well category. Tigerland, underrated still. Yeah. I feel like Bad Company. Yeah, not good. That's the uh, Chris Rock and yeah. Anthony Hopkins. And then Phantom of the Opera, which I think is the last big Again, one. Again, I don't think a bad movie. I'm just not, like, I've never been a Phantom guy. So right. it was going to be a tough sell for me to begin with. And but then, I mean, he rides that's, out. That's, hey, that's Jerry Butler before. Jerry Anybody Butler. Even, Jerry Butler. He, he called the shot, man. I'm mm-hmm. just saying. That's Jerry Butler, like, even before, like, Reign of Fire, Jerry Butler. Which I loved yeah, him in that more so. than, well, McConaughey's iconic. But then the last Dude, you big You want to talk about a stacked cast of just dudes with beards? McConaughey, Bale... And Jerry who, Butler. Jerry Butler. Who else is in there? Um, that's pretty much it. No, um, he plays the. Is it uh, Ray Winstone? Is he in there for I feel like a like split Ray second? Winstone's in there. He's I like, don't know. We have to yeah. take another look at that. One. And then of course, 2007's the number twenty-three. Uh, yeah, saw it in the theater. Yeah, I remember, not well, good. We, we saw it. Yeah, 
Um, but, yeah, I just I had to mention a time to kill and all those. You, like, I mean, just, you just ran through that. His '90s run up until Batman and Robin, where everybody pretty much crucifies him in the moment and afterwards. Which, again, dude, as I've still rewatched that movie several times. It's one of those if it's on, I'll watch it. It's right. not objectively good, but it's like it's a fun bad. Mm-hmm. It's so campy. It's like it's it's definitely it's the '60s. Itself. The '60s. As close as you can get in terms of camp. And I'm sorry, if you have to give me that to get me to Nolan's Batmans, I'll take it all day yeah, long. Yeah, it had to go I'll take so it far to the side to, to snap back. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, R.I.P. Joel Schumacher. Really fucking solid career. And, again, oh, any filmography that has that movie, many movies that I rewatch on a regular basis. Exactly. Like, that's the thing. The rewatchability of a lot of those we just mentioned. And, and now I'm sitting here and I'm like... I, I knew it happened a couple days ago. I didn't really think about it much, but I was like, shit, I, I want to rewatch 8mm because I haven't seen it in forever. Veronica loves Nicolas Cage. She's never seen it. Oh. That's early Joaquin as well. Yes. It's dark as fuck. It's basically 7 part 2, sort of. It's fucking, yeah. Whatever happened to Andrew Kevin Walker, dude? Who's that? The screenwriter of 7 and 8mm. Mm-hmm. I think he did some other stuff. I don't know. Maybe he went crazy. Okay. Uh,. And we don't have to go into the whole bail thing. I didn't know if you saw the the Megan Fox kind of thing circulated again. What people were pointing to a it was an old Jimmy Kimmel clip that mm-hmm. came up where she tells a story about her audition or how she was an extra on Bad Boys Two, and she was underage at the time. It was the club scene, and she's in the American flag bikini. And because they legally couldn't have her sitting at the bar consuming alcohol, he came up with the whole, like, we're just going to drench them with water from the top. Mm-hmm. Which could be champagne, could be alcohol, could be whatever. Um, in in, uh, and in Bad Boys 2. Oh, okay? in Lev's Club. club. Yes, in the opening. Some like fucking punk thinks you can all do my club, I gotta go, Mr. Tavier. Yeah, exactly. okay, gotcha. Okay, so she tell, she's telling the story on Kimmel, and... It, she's like, and this was his solution because I was this, you know, this is where his mind went. And she's telling it very jokingly. But then Kemmel is the one who almost makes it weird. But he's like, well, that's actually how or what everybody's thinking or whatever. And it's like she literally said out loud, like I was 15, 16 at the time or whatever. So, and then the audience laughs appropriately and people were bringing attention to it because it's like, look at this shit. Like it, it's the definition of slut shaming, basically what happened in her career. And yeah. like anytime she kind of spoke, but anyways, and then they like people elongated that to talking about the audition process for Transformers where it's like, he fucking made her work on his car and blah, blah, blah. And she literally came out today or yesterday to say basically like, make no mistake. I have been the victim of misogyny, et cetera, through like my entire experience with this industry. But she specifically highlights, she's like, Michael, like, no, Michael's not a bad guy in this situation, et cetera, and kind of, like, explained it further or whatever, and she's like, nobody forced me to work on his car or wash his car as an audition. There was an entire crew there. The scene we were going to be filming was me basically working as a mechanic on the car, so I had to fake, like, messing with a wrench and shit, and she basically was like, hey, I appreciate the sentiment of everybody, but, like direct your energy like to true victims in this situation etc etc and she was basically like Bay's not the like 
creep that he continually kind of everybody kind of likes to make him out to be which you and i have discussed it we've said it on mike before i've said it i you don't necessarily agree with the sentiment but i i'm not saying he's a closet case but i've always thought that the dude was gay i just genuinely have because the movies are almost so overly masculine Mm -hmm. if you will that i get the vibe that it's not like he's necessary but again the eternal bachelor we always see him with tons of models but like I, you know, I've just always thought like, hey, the dude came, came of age in a time where it wasn't cool to be out in public. He became big and felt like it might damage his career and he never wanted to go that route. Yeah. But I, so anyways, I don't, we didn't have to go off on the whole bait tangent. We used to have a podcast, by the way, where we yeah, exclusively we talked about, yeah, about Michael Bay and David more. Lynch. Maybe like, we resurrect. Maybe that. we can. St- if, to do if, it that's times. it. If we're going to stop doing two by twos, then it has to be to resurrect that podcast. Because I like, as much as I like us watching what we can and discussing it before we talk about movies, I like the format of we have to discuss a movie. And, I mean, unless you're trying to to pull out another director and go through just his stuff and sprinkle in, you know, some rewatches and stuff up the top, I think the only thing we can do is either keep the two-by-two thing going or go back to the podcast no one wanted and finish, like, to finish navigating our boat through the Bay of Lynch. I'm trying to make like a reference to us taking the boat out so we can go ahead and just like self-editing in the moment here. But like, do you think it's weird for me to like say that I think he's gay? No. You think that's offensive? You think he would be pissed off? No. I mean, listen, here's the thing. I think (laughs) that there is a specific, if you, if you look at the man's career, and you judge some things, the things that you look at that you're looking at that would lead you to believe, oh, he's got to be gay, I look at it as, no, that's his own cynicism towards what it means to be masculine, okay? He has no problem being having all the money in the world, his two dogs, living in Miami. He's a Miami boy. That's all. I mean, him and Pitbull could be best friends for all I know. <laughs> You know how we play. It's quite possible. It's the 305. It is what it is. But now, I know he's been in relationships with women, but he also has always been like, I I charge a high price because I do this and I do that. And I'm even, in, even when he's not on a film set, he is still working to produce. I think the guy just doesn't know how to do anything but work. Mm-hmm. I think the thing that people forget is that he learned everything from George Lucas. And as much as George Lucas hasn't worked that much and has like ridden his name into the annals of history off of three movies that are basically slumped together stuff of like classic shit that worked. I think Bay took that aspect of like, I get to do this fun shit. They pay me to do it. I'm going to have a blast. I'm not going to let myself be weighed down by like, I got to worry about I'm missing time with the wife or the girlfriend or whatever. If somebody wants to, you know, famously a bachelor, that's cool. If he came out tomorrow, it's like, I like dudes. Perfect. When's the next it, Bad Boys? I just come back would, to the it franchise. Would reframe so much of the, yeah. the misogyny conversation that has surrounded the bulk of his career. Mm-hmm. It would just it would give a whole different spin on it. And I, I it's always been in the back of my head. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not trying to like force that narrative. Oh on no, it. no, I, I mean, just I get it's it. something I think about every once in a while. And I thought the fact that she like went out of her way to like clarify everything that was going on basically be like guys i understand because 
we can also talk about the fact that there have been some legit sexual assault allegations in the last couple in the last week. I don't know if you're aware of all of them or not. No, let's run but, through them. Okay, <laughs> I have no listen. I don't. Uh, I don't watch the news, and I don't get on Facebook and stuff. And as, and I well love you, my life. As well, you should. As well, you shouldn't. You should stay off. I, I love I when you tell you me things sure. that I didn't know about, like okay. why we don't like people now. Okay, because I don't get this. First on the hit list today, <laughs> um, Crystalia, who I was kind of almost just coming around on liking a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm good with my original assessment, which was if you're Justin Bieber, who also got accused of sexual assault this week, um, if you're Justin Bieber's uh, favorite comedian, you, you you know, you're probably not a great comedian, anyways. But I'd seen him in a movie here or there, and I was like, all right, yeah, decent bits and everything. And I'd seen one special, I think, from like two years ago that I was like, there's some solid stuff in there. And the Eminem thing, he thought was funny. He's okay? he's funniest on At Midnight. That's the funniest he's ever been. It's when he was on At Midnight okay. with Chris Harvick a couple times. Also, a complicated individual in regards to all of this. We should mention, also had charges alleged against him. No legal action was ever taken from what I'm aware of. And he went back to work and he, you know, still wears the public stain of it, I'm sure. But mm-hmm. he still has a career. He's, he's fine. Yeah, he's okay. right. The Leah... Um, it's it's multiple girls, but one account in particular, which is basically she was underage, she was pressured into a meeting, et cetera, et cetera. And then people have pointed out that he's played pedophiles in two different programs, Workaholics and You on Netflix. Hmm. Um, and people have also pointed to this clip uh, from, I forget which podcast he's on, but it's people discussing these, uh, like a parent finding something from Snapchat, and he's genuinely like, but I thought that stuff disappears, like, where you know <laughs> like he's and, curious and, about what and they explain to him like well the people can screen grab it and everything and there's like apps set up to you know save them essentially and he literally you can see him like processing in real time like oh fuck i gotta delete my snapchat basically and it's fucking like almost bone chilling dude it's like <laughs> what the fuck and then of course there's immediately a ton of people who are just like yep could have told you dude's a total creep like should have known this and i'm like okay well, why didn't you fucking like say anything a little while ago guys if we all were under the general impression and people had knowledge of this like by all means i mean but he yeah, did have a tv he, show called undateable like did that not cue anybody he was on it? the whitney show she's come out and publicly like condemned him except he's he's over with basically delia canceled he got dropped but oh, officially you, canceled you put him sure. on the hit list we'll stamp him canceled officially because canceled, that's what sure. we do now okay uh next up Ansel Elgort. Oh, no. This is a sexual assault case, basically. Yes. Um, Baby driver, no. Yeah. Baby driver. The text I got, and again, the fact that this is where the conversation goes, but the text I got in relation to it was like, so Baby Driver is pretty much unwatchable at this point, right? You got Spacey, (laughs) you got Elgort. Um, And again, this is alleged. We don't know, like, we don't know, but I, I read the story, I read her side of the story, and I'm, I'm like, this dude seems like a fucking creep. And it's it's interesting because with Dalia, because he's got a lot of male fans, a lot of young male fans, you did have the immediate, like, well, oh, fucking believe her story, and like, you know, uh, show me the proof, and blah, 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 and et cetera. The mm-hmm. immediate, like, just, this is bullshit, like, you're just trying to take this guy down with no evidence whatsoever, mm-hmm. okay? But Elgort, because he is such a YA, like, female-centric lead, mm-hmm. 
and like beloved by a group of women. The second this came, you did not have any, you did not have any of that narrative of like, hey, let's, you know, let's look into this or any. There was no cat. It was like, no, this fucking sounds legit. Well, Fuck this guy. This kid, this kid definitely has a fucking now, fault in his star, and he can't. Interesting. The interesting wrinkle, as far as the the entertainment side of this is concerned, and again, I say alleged, and again, I read her story. I, it's fucked up. Yeah, basically. When did it happen, though? This was uh, two twenty fourteen or something. Before the or after the release of his hit single "Thief" or "Call Me a Thief." I, I'm not aware because I'm not up on the Elgort stuff. Because I feel like how this, but in the broader context of things, I'm sorry. He's the lead of West Side Story, directed by Spielberg, who's supposed to come out later this year, which is produced by Disney, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> Could yeah. be wrong about that. And his co-star is a 17-year-old, or 16 or 17-year-old, like, new ingenue lead, next big thing sort of person. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, most, I don't know what's going to happen with that. And he was also slated to be the lead of Tokyo Vice, the Michael Mann series. For HBO. So Miles okay. Teller, what are you doing? <laughs> well, Let's go. Pr- probably and hope th- that I do. I don't believe they had shot much of it. I hope not. I'm not quite sure. So I don't know where those stand in terms of like how seriously people are taking those allegations. Like Dalia has been dropped from his agency, etc. Like he's he's done. I haven't seen any more real updates on the Elgort thing. Uh, and Bieber in the midst of this got. A sexual assault allegation. He basically was like, "I'll show you the receipts. I was not there that night." Blah blah. blah. Like I'm taking <laughs> legal action. All of this shit. And so that one again, maybe a little more specious. But regardless, there are plenty of other reasons to want to cancel and hate on Justin Bieber. So like, I, just add it to the list for me. I've, mm-hmm. I've kind of hated that dude since the get go. Even when he was a, a child, yeah. not a fan. Uh, okay. Those are the big ones uh, for, what, for the week. <laughs> so, are you, what is the let's let's put the prop bet on uh, Elgort coming up? And be like, I'm gay. Like that's his defense. It's a riff on Kevin of oh, the Kevin Spacey defense. He's he's gay. That's oh yeah, that, what, 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 <laughs> that old the, chestnut. Yeah, what's the probability of that defense? Again, here's the thing. I don't see it happening. He, I, he but, is again. All of them have vehemently denied it across the board. All these people. Um, but see, he, he acknowledges because she had like, here's, I think she had text exchanges and maybe a photo of them together from the period of time. And his argument was basically like, yes, we had a relationship from my perspective. It was a hundred percent consensual. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't handle the breakup. Well, I kind of, so he basically hints at her being vindictive and that's why this is happening, which again, putting the like doubt in people's minds who are already inclined to be like, Oh, I don't want to believe this. It's just fucking you can have a classier response, even as you're denying it, which I know is like, what? Were you gonna immediately come out and say like, yeah, I did it? Because like, <laughs> well, see, what's that's the, the, fuck that's it, the thing you know? is like, that's what I'm wondering. Who, who amongst any, who on walking around on this planet right now, if somebody came out and like, I had a bad, even like, even just like a, even if it turns out to be like a complete Aziz thing or like. You ask every step of the way, and she says, it's okay, it's cool. He stops, all this, and then you have to tell your friends, and then, like, it's a huge thing. Like, who amongst us on this planet could be like, yeah, I fucking, yeah, I did that shit. I, I did that shit. And, like, they're like, oh, okay, well, thanks for saying so. And then nothing happens. 
Like, regard. No, I'm not. The, the, obviously, the incident isn't like terrible, terrible. It's like, well, he's a pig. Like he did this. Oh yeah, I'm. A, I'm a piece of shit. Like I'm a terrible person. Like you guys don't see it because I pay a lot of people to like keep it out of the news. But I don't know why the fuck you let me be a movie star. But I'm terrible. Yeah, who could who, own it? Who could own that shit? Because it gets close to that. Not so much. And I'm not bringing. I don't want to put the two names together. But one of my favorite things about the Marin thing with. Um, Brad Pitt and Leo was Brad Pitt was like I'm like trash trash mag fodder dude like my personal life's kind of fucked up like I and I did it to myself mm-hmm. but that's what they focus on like yeah I've got my kids and like I made some mistakes and, like I'm working on it but like they only seem to want to focus on like the bad shit and I get it but it's just this weird thing of like that's that that can give you a piece of like an insight into someone as who they are but, like, I ask, and I'm not saying that, like, this didn't happen, it's a different thing, but it's, like, every dude reading that story and reading that side of her story is, like, probably got a situation where, like, if written in the same vein, they're on the same end of that, that and they're, like, that's you, my you, th- you have to allow in yourself to cases, understand that that's, that could yeah. be a possibility. And most of the time, any guy who you immediately see speak up, it's, like, clearly you have something in your personal past that you think is at least questionable. Mm-hmm. And so your natural, like your natural move is defensiveness against it. And just like, well, no, because if, I, if they come for this guy, and we let it stand. Then eventually they'll come for me. It's that sort of mentality that it seems like sometimes, but I, you know, I don't know why you need to, again, I don't engage. I read social media. I do not engage in the oh, comments. Oh, me neither. Cause that is just that, I, yeah, that is proof that God does not exist and hell is a real thing. That is when I have truly surrendered all willpower to like I'm just gonna fucking get completely sucked into my phone or something, right. and I I refuse to do that. So we can totally transition off of this. Clearly, we're you know let's talk about chicks, man. <laughs> <laughs> Broke down palace. Oh god. Um. Oh, I will give one last recommendation before we get into those are the only people we need two. to worry about right now. Those three. That I'm aware of, okay. man. Who it's there's a new story every day. Now, will you do me a favor and like if it does come out that like this is all bullshit and she was just vindictive and like really trying to hurt everything and like it was like she admits that that's what happened. Um, will you update me on that or no? Of course. Okay. I mean, I I that's the thing, and that's the other like in all of these cases. There's a lot of initial reporting from all sorts of different outlets basically regurgitating the exact same information. But I'm always curious what happens three months down the road. What happens six months down the road? Like, you have public accusations. You have no actual, like, in most cases, no legal action that takes place. It's, it all kind of gets waged in the court of public opinion. And I'm all, I'm always fascinated, like, what is what is your life now on a day to day basis, mm-hmm. etc. And I do, I feel like there's less and less reporting about down the road. I mean, for both sides too. I'm not yeah, saying because like, like you because you, be, you get shocked when you're like, oh wow, this was a snippet of a tape. But then like if you listen to the whole thing, Johnny Depp is pleading with her like, you can't hit me again. We can't get there. We don't have to litigate the Johnny Depp Amber Heard situation. I think, again, and I know there's been a lot of free Johnny and defend Johnny, etc. I know there's a lot more details that have come out. The dude's got some major problems outside of all of that regardless Mm -hmm. that still give me pause. 
But I, I mean, again, yes, in that particular case, I, and I, I didn't go into all of the, their dirty details essentially. Oh, so you don't know like the the long, the short of it. I mean, you don't have to go through all of this, but. No, I'm just basically the crux of it was when it first came out, it was like, he oh, beat her. He beat her. That's right. Yes. Right. Yes. The day then she's recording this, like the day he's drunk because his mother's dead. And then she comes out and says all this stuff and he basically gets canceled. And then it comes out that like he sought treatment and all this stuff. And then she starts like beating on him. And there's a recording he has where he's begging her like, listen, I don't want to get a divorce. I don't want this to end. I think we can work on this, but you have to agree that you are not going to hit me again. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, I mean, I, I just can't all say that I'm not going to ever do something like that again. You're like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You threw this guy under the bus and said he, he was, he threw stuff at you and was drunk and mad. Again, context is that he's, he just lost his mother. So kick him while he's down. Why don't you? And then now he's begging you to like not get physical. You get physical because you have, and you can't even be like, yes, I won't. Knowing you're being recorded, you can't say, yes, I won't. It just blows my mind, you know? Because again, I'm not one of these people that's up here. It's like, we got to get both sides. I'm not believing anybody left. I'm not believing one or the other. I'm not saying one or the other until three months down the road. And I know what happened because I've said it before. We talked about it the other day before we got on mic. We live in a society and a culture where 90, let's say 75% of the people walking on the earth right now have always been able to get any piece of information they've ever wanted in a snap of a finger. And that's it. And when you don't have all of that and you have to actually do the arduous task of talking to people, vetting people, listening to stories, verifying all this putting it into context as to what the bigger overall story is, nine times out of ten, you're never going to see a trial. You're never going to see a resolution of it. But what sounds really good is X, Y, and Z of all these sound bits beforehand. And then, like you said, the reporting goes away. You don't know what their daily life is. You don't know what happens to them. And then maybe they pop up later again. Maybe they don't. Some are so severe that you're never going to see them. You're not going to see Kevin Spacey in anything. For a while. Except for his self-produced YouTube videos. Oh, you're not going to see him in a mainstream Hollywood movie, period. No. It's just not going to happen. I would be fascinated to see. I don't think there's been any, like, random straight-to-video. Like, I don't even think they're touching him at this point. Yeah. Um, I would love it, though, if, like, somehow he found a way into, like, some crazy, like, Albanian market. He becomes, like, the <laughs> biggest fucking star in a non-English-speaking country. Um, I think that would be fucking Just hilarious. some other news bits if you want to hear them. Yeah. Uh, Winona Ryder brought up. Um, past like experiences with Mel Gibson where he was anti-Semitic and homophobic he immediately denied them of course but it's like I'm pretty sure we saw that tape dog like what and I'm pretty sure I listened to all of all of the voicemails with you and the ex-wife I listened to all of them dude and I'm sorry there's no like there's no coming back from that for me personally as being like oh you know Mel's a real stand-up guy all that being said, watch fucking dragged across concrete, which got dragged into a whole, like, politicized conversation around it, which I never quite understood because I felt like everybody who had a hot take on the movie had not actually sat through it. We mm-hmm. talked about that when we reviewed it. But, again, that's one of those situations. And that, at the end of the day, is what it comes down to, is how much... It, it, it's basically up to people to decide at the end of the day whether they still want to continue to actively support you or not. 
Mm. And if they don't want to, based on even if it's species information, guess what? That's still their fucking choice, period. Mm. If somebody just kind of identifies you, like, in the Dalia case where it's like, I don't know if there's anything, like, literally illegal here because there's, like, age of consent laws, et cetera, et cetera. But it's fucking, it's pretty creepy for a 30-year-old comedian to be interacting with a 17-year-old. It's fucked up. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I don't really want to engage with anything that you make or you're in if you're going to continue to be and stuff. It, at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to is a personal, like, yeah. you know, whether you're going to stick with the person or not. And that's what kind of, but I do, I do at the same time have a little bit of an issue with people who like actively have an issue with somebody continuing to try and like earn a living or do whatever they've continued to do. If there's no legal action being taken against them and it is one of the like court of public opinion things, the fact that like people are like, Gunn. you should not be allowed to. And well, and CK is an example who I'm not sitting here defending at all, but it's like people are pissed that he still performs in comedy clubs. I'm like, he performs because there is an audience that is still paying to go see him. So if those people want to go see him, that's how they choose to spend their dollar that's their prerogative and you can feel how you want to feel about it. But to say that he's like not allowed to do that and people should not be allowed to spend the money that they earned. However, they see fit in that particular case. And you see it as like a tacit endorsement of all the stuff that he yeah, and, and, did, et cetera. And, admitted and people to who say time. that I, people like, who come out like that, I'm like, did he, so when did he jerk off in front of you? It, it scarred you that he jerked off in front of you. When did that happen? Because it's like, and, I get but that's it. what I'm saying. You feel the same enough, time. It, I, I do feel it's pretty fucking creepy. And honestly, at the same time, he was telling us he was a fucking creep for like 10 years of stand-up. I actively, I used to love to rewatch the FX series. That is a case where it's incredible. Like, I haven't gone back to any of that shit because so much of it was framed through this is like a, a critique or a satire of this like toxic masculinity or like male gaze and certain certain circumstances etc and you realize that like the satire is not really there this is just who you are mm-hmm. and it's like so an element that was kind of defining of the show for me where i was like i can talk about all these like crazy dark issues or whatever that never get dealt with or whatever under these contexts it soured it for me mm-hmm. much in the same way that like jesse lacy and brand new yeah like i can't i don't help. think i've heard you say his name I since all that happened well because the initial reaction was because Unfortunately for us, some of the earliest podcasts we recorded were rave reviews of science fiction and live reviews of that live show that we went and saw literally a week before all of that stuff came out. Mm-hmm. And But it still doesn't diminish my enjoyment of that album or the fact that I went and saw that show. Because like I did it, it was an event. I can say at, that. At the time, contextually. But again, contextually, yeah. I, my thing, and again, it's I have friends who still listen to this to this day, and I don't begrudge them choosing to do that either. Mm-hmm. But for me personally, I can. That is one of those cases where I cannot separate the art from the artist because the artist's actions are so intrinsically, intrinsically tied yep. to the lyrics and give me a completely different read and interpretation of them. Um, mm-hmm. Much in the same way that I'm talking about with CQ, where it's like I thought you were satirizing these dudes and taking them down a peg or two you were this dude and this is like a personal narrative this is not a you know not a tell-off to this mentality this is an endorsement of it completely different read now Mm -hmm. especially those like first two albums in particular really hard to swallow in retrospect for me personally brand new 
Oh, that's what I'm. You still just talking said Louis C.K. Then you said first. I two was just comparing. Like, okay. in, no, I was just comparing in terms of like art from the artist sort of thing, where it's right. like whether you still want to engage with it, and in some cases, like you know, I can separate the two, and in some cases, I can't, and mm-hmm. that's one of those for me. Yeah, no, and that's I'm just I was just commenting because I, I mean you haven't mentioned his name because we never and you and I I think literally we recorded about we it. did like an hour long episode that never saw the light of day because right. it was a lot of us like working it out in real time and yeah. I, at the end of the day it was like I don't even know that we contributed anything to the conversation which I doubt we have now no um, but but I did get, but, but I did get a sense in that and that's one of the things I've said is that you. You, after, in all this, before we even got on mic, that conversation, you're like, and you know, I'm sitting here worried about pulling stuff down off a website. And I'm thinking to myself, fuck, man, that poor girl's got to be going through a lot worse than this. I shouldn't be worried about pulling all this stuff off a website. Yeah, no, that's and I instantly thing. was you like, get, I'm glad you're my brother. You get wrapped into the reaction of it or whatever. And then, yeah, I you would go almost through a cycle where you're like, well, why am I so concerned about this? Or like how the band is going to be perceived or what their legacy is going to be, et cetera, all of this shit. Or in any of these cases, why am I concerned about the individual who's quote unquote being attacked or being taken down? And cause that's, that is the thing usually for where my brain goes immediately is I'm like, who would knowingly subject themselves to all of this public mockery which you know is inevitably going to come there's always there's very rarely is there the oh we're all on your side we're with you on this we believe you 110 percent very rarely do women get that period why would you subject yourself to all of the backlash that you're going to get in a situation where you also know that like there's no in most cases there's no monetary gain on the other side of this Mm -hmm. there's no oh, I want to get my name out there. Like, oh, these people are just wanting to be famous themselves. They're, like, bitter or whatever. There's none of that because, again, anytime your name is brought up, it's as a victim Mm -hmm. most of the time. So my headspace... Yeah, the nothing-to-gain argument. I get it. In almost all cases is... And I try and read the detailed, the first-hand account as opposed to the interpretation of the first-hand account or how it's being portrayed or the comments on it, etc. But... Why would you subject yourself to all of that unless it was truly something that you needed to come to terms with and get out there? Now, I say all of that to say, unfortunately, in the midst of there was some asshole who accused the entire Riverdale cast of sexually assaulting them with no no context whatsoever. And then literally within an hour or so was like... See, see how easy that was to get you to cancel all these people without a fucking shred of evidence. I didn't tell you anything in that story. I just gave you names and suggested a few things and you guys all jumped on it. Look how dumb you are. It was like, dude, you want to talk about completely missing the point. You just fucking like deafened the reaction and took attention away from any of the stuff that was actually going on with a completely false claim to fucking prove a point. And to just give people further ammunition to immediately doubt anything of this nature that mm-hmm. comes from an individual. It's just, yeah. That happened in, on the back of all of these over the course of like the last week was somebody doing that in the midst of it. And it was just like, what the, like, internet's a fucking horrible place. Stay off it, people. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Fucking thanks, Tim. Use your, use your Spotify and your podcast apps and just fucking just stay off the 
Just go outside. Make sure you're subscribed to the RGB podcast. It'll automatically update for you. And maybe we'll make a promise to never fucking talk about any, yeah. I mean, I, I just, it's it's crazy to me. I'm just going to say this one last thing. This thing with like, you know, brand new and shit happens and it's like they're fucking canceled. Fucking Motley Crue killed a guy. Vince Neil killed a dude. They still made albums. Oh, uh, you know, it's just so crazy. Like uh, the times no, we live in. If Vince Neil killed a guy now, done. But like he killed a guy in the eighties, and there was like Matt drug- Broderick and Jennifer Grey running over that person. Yeah, and it was I, I again. But I'm just saying, you know, it would immediately be blown up as like, oh, well, they had to be at fault. But fucking, they're done. Yeah. If it happened, to, if it happened today, yeah. yeah. And uh, dude, I mean, the the music rabbit hole of like the sins of yesteryear oh throughout God, rock and roll dude. history. Don't, I mean, don't even get me started. And it is one of those things where it's like, if you truly want to like divest yourself of associating with anybody who's ever done anything wrong in their entire life, you probably can't engage with much art. Period. You have to do, well, you, like, yeah, you have to do it the best you when can they're dead. Do, like you could like Queens. Okay. The best, the best you can do is be aware of it and at least engage with it in a responsible way. Like if you're watching something from somebody who has a completely different viewpoint in public than the one they project in their like mm-hmm. movie persona or their albums or whatever, like, by all means, just observe it under the context and be aware of it. Don't fall into basically the sheen or the veneer yeah. of the bullshit. Because I mean, I but, don't, I don't watch Jeepers Creepers three, but I watched one and two. I'll watch one, two, fucking uh, mom, you and mom. You can have two. You know what? Keep it because we like destination horror. We like isolating. There's one good thing about it. What's that? Laura Palmer's daddy. Yeah, that's true. That's it. What are you waiting on? Uh, seven more days give or take a few but that is that is one that I dude you want to talk about another art from the artist dude that no I can't watch the the elongated shots of the shirtless boys peeing next to each other and glistening in the sun knowing where it comes from I just can't do it dude yeah I get it I mean I don't watch the movie for that but I know but again that's the the first one, again, you can remove yourself from it because there's no real questionable content. But it's right. when the personal like yeah. fetishes, etc. start to enter into it. And then you actually look into the background. And again, the fact that the dude was just like, he still had a career after that in the first place is just like, how many times can you fucking like fail upwards? In that in that industry, dude. I don't know. I mean, ask um, like ask half the people that on a good dated... on a good front and a positive one that we can wrap up on. There's over three hundred black artists, actors, producers, um, technical cameramen, etc. People within the industry. Yeah, tradesmen. Yes, that signed a petition essentially to I think just the Academy at large, the Motion Picture Association. I forget who it was essentially addressed to, but to address. Specifically promoting anti-racism in movies and to basically halt stereotyping, being more mm-hmm. just racially sensitive in general. And like a lot of high profile people, Tessa Thompson, Chadwick Boseman, like, you know, etc. Are we talking unnecessarily? Or are we talking like even within... Like we gotta go remove all the cigarettes from old stuff, kind no, of thing. Like I, you're gonna that, like that, period. It's, stuff. it's not a it's not a retroactive thing. No, 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 no. no, no. I'm saying like. If they make a movie about the '50s now, are we not allowed to talk about it? Or we make a movie about the '80s, are we not allowed to show like the terrible plague that crack was on low-income people? Don't, 
I don't think that is necessarily what it's addressing. It's specifically addressing like comedic stereotypes and like just perverting stereotyping and, yeah. and stuff that furthers a narrative of basically like that either actively ignores the racial connotations of things or right. actively like you know is problematic. I got it's you. Just, you can read it in detail. Their their full statement. I I thought that was a nice a nice positive. Oh yeah, no, that in is in terms I of agree. the entertainment industry, considering that we just talked about a lot of dark corners of it for a bit. So uh, that is something good that happened this week. Tell me something good. Tell me, tell me. What do you think I run the jewels out, my friend? Um, I gotta be honest. I out of the gate, I was like, really like it. But three's got more bangers. Yes. You know, it is what it is. And I know two is the, the fan favorite. Mm-hmm. But now I'm sitting here two weeks later. I fucking love this album, dude. Dude. It's a you know nice, what I did? You know what I did? 40 minutes. You know what I did? What? I listened to the last track first. Mm-hmm. Okay. Where they do the... Um, Yankee and the Brain trailer. Yankee and the Brave. Brave, sorry. I'm thinking Pinky and the Brave. Of course. Yeah. But I listened to that first. Like, I fast-forwarded to that, and then I just let it play. It's almost like I'm getting the trailer intro into the album and then run it that way. Okay. I did that the second time. The first time, I just sat there. I was like, oh, shit. I ride back after the last time I recorded. I was like, oh. Okay, let's hit that play again. Let's listen to that again. Did you listen to our most recent episode? No, I did not. Okay, well, I dropped Yankee and the Brave, episode four, the opener, um, or EP4. It's not EP4, though. It's EP4, episode four. Yeah. Um, I dropped that on the front and end of it. We open with Mike's first. We close with LP's first. Um, So, yeah. Apparently, you didn't catch that yet. But that that crazy good opener... uh, just, I believe, might be my favorite overall. Pharrell and Zach from yeah. uh, Rage Against the Machine. Oh, yeah, dude. That's when he came there. in on that, I was like, holy fucking shit. Um, Look at all these slave masks. Walking in the snow. And then uh, the closer, a few words for the firing squad. Yeah. Which I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it specifically referenced. But is that not Never Tear Us Apart by NXS? Which one? The closer. Oh, that is yeah. That's never tears apart. I know. I just it's just subverted just a tad bit in that yeah, last no, note. But it's, this, you, it's the same. Yeah, we can live. Yeah, and even yeah. it Talk has that it. also has like such an awesome build. But yeah, I the first time I was listening, I was immediately like, dude, it's never tears apart, and I was like, just bringing like that as a reference point into the, the, the lyrical the, the, yeah. context. So I was like, it's fucking great. Um, so it you is, are right. Three does have more bangers, and it is way more approachable for the average listener. But for this new one, dude, their I, lyricism is at like the peak of its power, and that's all I ever and wanted. They have from finally kind of they've taken the the social commentary, which has always been there, but was way more prevalent on one and two, mm-hmm. and three is more of a party album than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, but has kind of like fused the two back into each other right. in such an awesome way. So right now for me, it's like three, four neck and neck, two yeah. right behind it, and one. And again, one is still like a nine out of ten for me. I yeah. fucking I love all their stuff. Just recently, LP's first 
EP, if I'm not mistaken, which had been like lost to time, essentially never made the jump to streaming, et cetera. It like just went out everywhere. Mm-hmm. So it's it's super rough still. It's like it's lo-fi, but it's it's great. It's his first solo piece. Um, so go check that out. Um, if you've never listened to rap music, R-A-P-P music, mm-hmm. which is the one that LP produced for Killer Mike before Run the Jewel started. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it's the best Killer Mike solo record, but okay, uh, yeah, but no, I to answer your question in much shorter fashion, I am loving RTJ4, and Good. it's pretty much all I'm listening to, other than still making the rounds with uh, Perfume Genius's most recent record, which was gonna be a uh, we teased doing a uh, three songs or less a little while ago, and we never actually did it, but that was gonna be my pick, so maybe that's something you can check out on the ride home. Yeah, I'm not listen. saying it's gonna be like a war on drugs level revelation for you, but you might find something you like there. Um, album is called "Set My Heart on Fire Immediately" by Perfume Genius. Okay, check it out. You gonna play them as we intro? Or are you gonna give me a little Solar Twins Rock the Casbah remix or what? What are we gonna do here? Um, we're gonna listen to the trailer, which I haven't actually listened to, so we'll see how this goes. So yeah, uh, we said we we're gonna make it short, but. We'll see what happens. An hour into this episode, it's time to start our 2x2 retro review. Let's give it 10 minutes and let's just kill the last 50 minutes of uh, Surf Ninjas. Last 50? I'm just kidding. Jesus Christ. I'm just kidding, man. Really overpromising. I know. It's, it's, All right. It's already without late. further ado, here's the trailer for a little movie that you may remember called Broke Down Palace. My name is Alice Morano. My best friend forever is Darlene Davis. I mean, beautiful golden beaches. Ferg told us his brother spent a whole summer in Bangkok for like only 500 bucks. Time means freedom. What could be better than a country named after the exact thing we were looking for? It was intense, alive, beautiful. Where are you from? I'm Australian. Australian? Australian, you idiot. (laughs) Do you guys want to do anything tonight? You're okay with this? <laughs> Why would I care? He's cute. Go for it. You have no idea what you've ultimately sacrificed. He wants to take us to Hong Kong. I don't want to go to Hong Kong. Please? You go. Come on, how many times have I done this for you? Here's the deal. I've got to fly ahead this afternoon, and then you two guys can come out there tomorrow. We can just kick back and have a good time. It'll be unreal. Narcotics. So somebody planted it on us. I have the right to an attorney. Oh, yes, and right to one telephone call, too. You didn't sign anything, did you, Charlie? Told you I confessed. It appears that there is no Nick Parks. 33 years! Just let her go! I keep catching these vile little drug smugglers, and you keep defending them. You're like a lawyer? What exactly are you gonna I'm gonna do? try to get you both out of here. You wanna tell me about Nick Parks? The cops think the girls made him up. Well, you were the one carrying the bag. Yeah, the bag you packed. First, I thought it was Alice. Alice was never even alone with him. He's done it a hundred times. And you're just 101. You did it, didn't you? You ruined my whole life! I didn't do it! Those girls have absolutely no chance of getting out of there. Guilty or not, they're guilty. They're gonna die if we don't do something. We're getting out.
Alright, Broke Down Palace from the, the fantastic film year of 1999. <laughs> yeah. This is not one of the fantastic films. Um, directed by. On our list. Yes. Directed by Mr. Jonathan Kaplan. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about Cap in a second. Uh, starring Miss Claire Danes, uh, Kate Beckinsale. Very young Kate Beckinsale. Bill Pullman. Yes. Jacqueline Kim. And old LDP. Our boy LDP snuck in there. Uh, and can we just go ahead and say, killing it? I mean, come I on. I mean, when, when is he not? Yeah. But uh, see our big hit episode for more LDP action, because you're not going to get a ton of it here. Uh, okay. Dare we say that you and I get LDP'd in that episode? <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to. We might. <laughs> we just might. Okay. Uh, Jonathan Kaplan. Where do, where do you think you know that name from? Don't cheat. I'm not looking. I see you got a phone. I don't. I'm not looking. Um, Jonathan Kaplan. You're just over there like selling shit on your app? No, no. Okay. No. <laughs> um, it's my zombie game. Multi- oh, okay. We've reset, <laughs> Even to, the ne- We've reset better. to the next level, the next day and like all the shit's available again. Um, Jonathan Kaplan. There's this, there's this thing called The Last of Us Part 2. You might want to check it out. I'm, I'm, I'm Just good. saying. <laughs> just saying. I'm good. Uh... Uh, Jonathan name doesn't ring a bell his name um, appeared on every single goddamn episode of a show called ER all 331 episodes what because he was a producer oh okay Uh, directed The Accused I remember that the Jodie Foster uh, I remember looking into his background the day I thought we were going to record this which was last time so there were some other good ones in there. Um, White Line Fever, which is not about cocaine, from what I can tell. It is uh, like a trucker movie starring Jan Michael Vincent uh, from the 70s. And yeah, so he, he'd been in the game for a while. Right. Most recently, the Witches of East End TV series back in 2013. Uh, some Law and Orders in there. Just basically went into TV. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure he never needs to really work again if he's got that ER money. Yeah. I'm guessing. That syndication money. That's Anyways. Sure. Okay. Uh, written by two guys that don't really have any... What? Hold on. Hold the phone. What? Okay. Written by Adam Fields and David Arata. David mm-hmm. Arata. Yeah, dude. You didn't writer. Know <laughs> <laughs> writer. Or one of the credited writers, excuse me, because there's a ton on here, of Children of Men. But there's okay. also like six other people involved, so let's not give which, the guy too which, much Which, does it really matter who wrote it when it really comes down to who directed it and how amazing it is? We're talking about Children of Men. Right. Okay. Not yes. this movie. Yeah, no. no, it doesn't matter. And again, Quaron is a credited screenwriter on there as well, so yeah. who knows? It was probably a draft of a draft of a draft, and this guy was like Legally, somewhere in that chair. Yeah. Exactly. He's arguing because he wanted to credit on IMDb. Yeah, his name it. on it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, the basic premise for the uninitiated, and if you didn't listen to the trailer... But we um, are initiated. (laughs) IMDb makes it pretty damn simple. Yeah. Two women are arrested for smuggling while vacationing in Thailand. Boom. That's pretty much all you need to know. Yeah. Alice and Darlene, two high school grads, one's a troublemaker, one's kind of straight-laced. Uh, but they decide... And one's dating Paul Walker. Yeah. Oh. yeah Sorry. 
I did. I, I forgot about that when I rewatched uh, it. I, like, I completely agree. Me too. 100%. Dude. Is he uncredited? I think so. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's two seconds. He does get a line, though. Which is crazy because, uh, you know what? He probably shot it before She's All That came out, right? Probably. So it's like, they that's probably know. blowing up. They had up. no idea what they had on their hands. They didn't. They should have had him in the prison with them. Yeah. Spice it up. He should have been the dude. <laughs> he should have been the guy that... Oh, 100%. Who the fuck is this guy? I didn't even name him in the cast. Because in my head, in my head, he was like somewhere between Johnny Lee Miller and um, who's another guy with, of the same ilk. I don't know. But yeah, in my memory, it was like, oh, that's like a famous dude, right? But no. Like him all. and Wes Bentley. Yeah. Uh, Daniel LaPayne. Is his name? Yeah. Apparently he's in Zero Dark Thirty and an episode of Black Mirror. Whoa. Zero uh, Dark Thirty? Who's he playing that? He is uh, Tim, the station something something. Uh, probably, oh, he's, he's yeah, probably he's background, Jeep, yeah. dude. I don't know. Okay. Uh, so two high school grads, they're looking for some adventure, and they're looking to travel somewhere on the cheap. So they decide to go to Thailand. What are you showing me? I can't. Black Mirror, Black Museum, Dawson. Oh, he's that fucking guy? Yeah. Sorry. Gotcha. That's just the most recent that popped out. Uh, They go to Thailand. Uh, They don't tell Kate Baggins' parents. She's the more straight-laced of the two. Mm -hmm. Uh, Alice has a little more of a problematic home life. Uh, Okay. So they go. Doesn't tell her family she's going. Right. We have that set up. They get there, and they do the most touristy bullshit right. ever. Um, they spend most of the time trying to sneak into fancy hotels. I'm like, you could have done this in America yeah, if you really wanted to. Our and Uncle Randy used to do that in Virginia Beach. They, su- <laughs> they suggest Hawaii. That was the other one that they were pitching initially, right? And, and the whole time I was rewatching this, I was like, I should have fucking gone to Hawaii. Yeah. Should have gone to Hawaii. But my memory of it, because this, we should point out, like, I, the first, I, I was like 9 or 10 when I saw this for yeah, the first like, time. I was like 12, like, 13. You definitely picked up the DVD, like, shortly after it was out. Right. I forget. It was definitely one that also, the trailer for it was on the front of something. They were No, you had it. Yes. Excuse me. You had a Broke Down Palace VHS. I do. Before I, you had. Still in my room. And you rebought it on DVD. We still, we were kind of ride or die for this movie. For a while there. Dude, it was and the I, Solar Twins cover of Rock the Casbah. That's the only reason I like this movie. maybe. For me, it was the Sarah McLachlan. Is it Sarah McLachlan? It is Sarah McLachlan. It's Silence. Silence, right? but it's slowed down. I can't find that slowed down version. I only find the up-tempo. I like, like the dance remix. Though. The dance remix is way better, I like but that. I always yeah. want to hear. It's just like that okay. slowed down version of Heavenly Father for um, or, uh, the, the Ben Affleck movie. Oh, yeah. The Way Back. Yeah. Hey, that movie came out this year. I know. That's crazy. It? Yeah. For a for like a week, it was one of the ten best movies I've seen That was my favorite. And then it dropped out of the top ten. That was my favorite bit with Joey Pants. I'm in the number one movie of the year. <laughs> this is the coronavirus. I can't get any work. <laughs> it's so fucking good, dude. Great episode. Great God, it's so good. But the I told you to, the letter that he sent him oh at God. the opening... Joey Pants, good guy. Yeah, we could tell. And yeah, dude, fucking got hit by that car. Like, holy shit, that was yeah. nuts. Okay. Anyways, where where are we? 
We're in Thailand. We're trying to get our way through Thailand. So they're like, we're okay, going to go so, sneak yeah. in. We'll just tell them, like, it's fine. It's it's this person's thing. Which, that's a neat trick. And I do love that it's used very well in the Florida Project. Not the Florida Project. Uh, it is the Florida Project, right? Arctic. The Florida Project. Is there a room gag in the Florida Project? I'm not No, they go to the hotel and like they eat the food oh, yeah, and whatnot yeah, yeah. and they pretend like they live, they, they, they're yes, there. Yes, she That's does that with extremely the well done yes. in that movie. But this, they're trying to be like, oh yeah, I know we're here. And do like, you know, nice Australian, good looking strapping guy like kind of comes in and saves the day and they're immediately smitten because, oh my God, this handsome guy speaks our language. And, and like we can... also. Oh, he was doing the, the same. He was thing. running the same game. He was pawing it off on somebody else's room number. Yeah, let's get out of here while we can. Yeah. yeah. So again, instead of we get like a two-second montage when they get there, and sorry, just to reframe, this is a huge issue with the movie in general. We don't open with the girls graduating and like we open with Bill Pullman getting a tape sent to him from them in prison. Right. So we know where this is all headed and so instead we are front loaded with a shit ton of narration from Claire Danes about who they are and their general personalities as opposed to actually having unfold. them interact with each other right. and like evolving it to and eventually getting to that point. The whole framing device of Bill Pullman listening to this, you know he's going to come in at some point. It kind of like to me, it that, breaks in. It breaks any of you getting attached or caring about these characters, really. So it's so much easier for me this time going through where I was just like, I don't particularly like either one of them. Right. Particularly Darlene. Kate Beckinsale is not good in this movie. No. She has been good in other things. I, I After this. At the same time, I don't think she's like, she's never been incredible or mind-blowing for me in really anything outside of maybe like Snow Angels, the David Gordon Green movie. But I'm hard-pressed to be like, that's a phenomenal Beckinsale performance. And this is just... I know it's early. Obviously, she's doing an American accent, too, which is a bit of a struggle here and there, Mm -hmm. to be honest, and definitely probably affects... I feel like it's one of those performances where you can feel she's so focused on the accent work mm-hmm. that she's had. And it seems so weird because it's like, oh, well, it's still English language. Like, the emotions should still come through. Right. It's almost like she's so focused on hitting this, like, American girl tone that she loses all the nuance or, like, characterization of it. Right. And she comes off as this just very flat, almost nothing character. And part of it is because there's no real development beyond she's the goody two-shoes who maybe now is all of a sudden becoming a little more adventurous with this mysterious stranger. She's coming out of her shell a little bit. She's being more of a risk-taker. Um, and, oh, Alice is the, ostensibly the this crazy is, one, the wild one, but, hey, actually, she's a little more thoughtful than you maybe thought she was. Yeah. She has feelings just like anybody else does. Mm-hmm. But, again... This is her so-called life we're watching. <laughs> exactly. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just trying to they, lighten the mood. Get it in as many as you need to. But they get there, we get maybe like a two-second montage of like the real Thailand, if you will, which basically consists of jokes about like they get to their hotel and there's bugs in the hotel, oh my god, and they freak out, etc. And then again, it's immediately, hey, we're bored of looking around, we've got this tourist book or whatever, What? hey, we could go to the beaches like we planned, we could go like check out this thing or that, like about actually getting in or experiencing the culture or any of that no let's go to a a fancy ass hotel okay right so they go from that 
to, again, another fancy, like, nighttime. They go get a meal with him. There's the whole bit with the spicy food and the rice. They, like, take a boat ride, and she dances to the fucking Rock the Casbah <laughs> remix. Again, it's a lot of montage. You're yeah. not getting a lot of dialogue. Well, you you're gotta cram a... all this in before you get him in prison. Well, exactly. And you're not getting a lot of flavor of the place and the yeah. area or a sense of place mm-hmm. beyond the kind of postcard version of it. Right. Um, And it's not shot particularly, like... Probably wasn't even shot entirely. It's not really like breathtaking. I don't think it was. I'd have think to they look had in the trivia. I'm pretty sure because they're not depicted in quite a, a great light at all or with any kind of nuance to it whatsoever. But like the way they treat drug smugglers and traffickers is like the way I wish everyone did because then we wouldn't have drug problems. I mean, yeah. Hard labor? Come on, man. I'll never traffic if I. I mean, yeah, the crazy sentences where they give. Like. They will hand out these sentences of like 723 years. And then what they also don't tell you is like there's a sub law in there where like now at least, I don't know if it's the case in 99 when this was made, but it's like nobody can legally serve more than 20 years in Vietnam. It's just more of a statement of, of purpose. Yeah, it's in just like kind of how like we, we, just we like, tell someone, hey, we this s- is really fucking severe. We, got, so we, this we is tell the people charge, that they got life and it's really life is 25 years. That's a life 25 sentence. to life. Yeah. yeah. That's a, 25 years is a life. That's, you know, so mm-hmm. you can get 25 years in prison and technically, hey, I served a life sentence. Yeah, okay. You still got to get parole. Yeah. Yeah. Then you got to get busy living or get busy dying. Yes. And I'm just dying to not talk about this movie, man. Okay. It's all right. I really, I'm sorry that I picked it as like one to give you. It's totally fine. I just wanted to hit really quick. So again, this the structure is a huge breaking point between you being able to like get in and connect with the characters. So then when they're forced into... A situation where it's basically like they kind of each feel like they've betrayed each other. Right. They, they, you know, they come to emotional blows over this guy who they just fucking met. And essentially, hey, we're going to break off of our original plan. We're going to go, like, hang with this guy. We're going to go fly to Hong Kong. Hong Kong. They get stopped at the airport. They have, it's heroin, correct? Right. Yes. And, of course, like... Immediately, Which, they're the like, fuck how did you this not get, check your bags How did this all? get in the bags, etc.? It, it's very gray, like, how all the shit went down, and then they kind of, like, throw together an explanation at the end, but... They do show, like, a one-shot of him kind of, like, on his own, as if he's doing something nefarious, but you never actually see him, like, yeah. do anything with it. And I tried to find... I mean, there's, like, the trailer says, oh, he's done it a hundred times, just a hundred and one. I've found a bunch of cases that are essentially like, yeah, this happens. Sometimes it's not necessarily to, I mean, very rarely is it tourists and foreign women, but like, like foreigners in their country. But I mean, it does happen all the time. It's just, you're, you're basically, you're being set up to be the fall guy for somebody yeah, because it's the old logic. It doesn't matter who's got it. If it's in your bag, doesn't matter if it didn't get there or not. You got those drugs, homie. And now yes. you're going to go to jail. And, sub- and it's that subsequently, we will find out that they are basically, they're the decoy mules, essentially. They're right. the people who are set up to get caught. So the actual shit goes through. Right essentially and it's all part of a big corrupt system etc and the some officials may have been involved in it they apparently kill off the mysterious stranger this all happens off screen um and but anyways when they get to prison here's the thing in my memory it was like oh my god they go through so much in that prison Mm -hmm. me too they don't fucking it's really not that fucking bad no the only the only real issue is again comes from a place of ignorance of them not attempting of it's it's almost 
over the top or comedic the way that they just assume like that they have any kind of say or rights in there and they're kind of like trying to talk back to the staff so yeah you get beat with a rod very quickly and like yes she gets like tricked into it by one of the fellow prisoners etc who has it out for her because but then they very quickly instead of keeping the interest of like a language barrier and trying to communicate with these people and like learn the like mm-hmm. learn the code of the prison they immediately give us some other english speakers right. wrapped up in here and we can have like a little four woman group where they can basically give you exposition on how things work here but again there's no further investigation of the thai culture of yeah. like humanizing any of these people who are also in prison we don't know what they're in there for we get vague references once bill pullman and his wife come into it of like, oh, well, they're also, they help, you know, the Thai people with legal cases and trying to get, you know, these crazy sentences reduced and like, you mm-hmm. know, get justice for people, etc. Um, but it's very surface level and we don't get to know any of like those actual cases or what Pullman's doing outside of this. Um, and his motivations initially seem like, you know, is it strictly monetary? you know monetary mm-hmm. what is it etc so Lou Diamond Phillips comes in at one point he helps peace or he kind of comes into the conspiracy side of everything mm-hmm. what it all comes down to they think they're gonna get out they think they've cleared it Pullman's like figured out the, the loophole and basically at the last second the high ranking official like kind of bails on his support of them and Claire Danes has to throw herself on the mercy of the court and basically is like hey let my spare gonna, my friend I'll take her sentence it. I'll take her sentence and it ends with and they'll keep fighting for me first of all Kate Beckinsale sucks in this movie she makes all of the wrong decisions at every turn she's the one who gives them a story as soon as they're apprehended by the police who actually gives them details or like you know when she should have basically said, no, I want to speak to my lawyer. She signs a document, which is basically a confession, without consulting with her. She you know, does everything wrong you know from the get-go. Of... She continues to bitch at Claire Danes as if it's all of her fault. It's like, and look, you're not streetwise the... like Claire Danes. You don't know. You don't fucking talk to the cops. <laughs> the best scene in the entire movie, the only one that really works at all, is when the dad, uh, Beckinsale's dad, comes to visit mm-hmm. the prison okay and they talk for a bit very cordially and then the second that darlene kate beckinsale leaves he just starts laying into claire danes and you're like dude like dude come on okay i i get that your father would but you're gonna fucking lay all of this at her feet and play the blame game this girl's in prison right now too like what the fuck just the audacity and again the way the the visitor section is set up it's basically like here's the stone prison here's the bars here's this like walkway you know separated by a gulf of like 20 feet or whatever where people can yell and back and forth at each other that's the meeting room essentially Mm -hmm. and so again the fact that he has the nerve to like sit there and be like yeah, you're always you always were a bad influence, basically, Alice Weber. But it gives her the trailer moment of the I didn't do it. Great line delivery, really the only moment of any convincing acting in the yeah. entire movie. Because I halfway the first like rewatching this, I kept being like, Oh, you're gonna say that to me after I like I let you fucking tell fill me. Tell me I up? didn't just kill that line delivery. Oh I'm no, sorry. you did. I mean I could have gone like full yeah. bore, but 
that was I had dude, the inflection was, down. It's the that only was a spot yeah. on, dude. I, I you brought it on Homeland. But I'll yeah, tell you that it, much. it real it rely. <laughs> if you don't laugh, they're not funny. It's fine. I chuckle you when brought I brought it on, up to it. Bro, Sorry. Okay. okay, I like to sneak them in there. Yeah. At but the end of the day, you, though, it. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say Please a minute talk. ago. This was your pick. No, no, I, I was like saying, I just when hijacked. when you're like, oh, she signed the document. I just I always go back to, it say he slid his wrist dead when you found him. That's it. Like the beach, because the first time I watched the beach, I was like, oh, Richard, don't sign that thing, dude. They're gonna think you killed Daffy. And it's like it just say he slid his wrist dead when you found him. And give him his passport. And he's out. And that's the thing. If anything, this should teach you is take two passports. And basically leave one passport at the whatever like airport there is in a lockbox. Okay? So if you're getting some shit, make sure you got that key. You can at least get out of the country. It's all, it's all fair game. Because, yeah, here, take my passport. Whatever. I got two. Also, simple? when you go to a foreign country... Check your fucking bags, bro. Well, excuse me. The bigger... take The takeaway for me this time, I'm sorry, was if you go to a foreign country... Make an effort to engage with the culture because the downside is if you just try and live your like cushy American life in a foreign country and you go to the hotel, guess what you're going to meet? Other rich like opportunistic fuckers who are looking to prey on you possibly. Whereas if you went out and engaged and like checked out the beach like you guys planned on doing, you probably would have just had a good time and had some laughs and like Mm -hmm. maybe met some interesting Thai people. Yeah. But no, you were like... This place is kind of scary and gross, and I don't like it as much as I thought I would. So let's go with the handsome guy with an accent and yeah, see what maybe, happens. Maybe stay the fuck at home in Hawaii where you've got some actual rights because it's actually still a part of the United States. Yeah. Yeah. Lesson learned. Maybe read up a little bit on Thailand. And yeah, if you knew how severe drug charges were there, you would definitely check your bags. Again, it's specious, though, because they they do the Pullman brings in the bag and he's like, there's no way all of this could have fit in their bags clearly there was more because the photos that were taken after the evidence was like you know retained mountains of heroin essentially right and there and he shows me he's like there in the containers it was in there's no way it could fit in this bag it's bullshit essentially and tries to disprove it um yeah i i like the i like the robes and shit they have to wear i mean it's better court than, yeah it's better than cool. california denim yeah uh, Bill Pullman's totally fine in this movie. Yeah, I like Bill Pullman and everything. Yes. Um, again, I don't know why we need the framing device of him. Come, we you know he's going to come in to well, save see, the day. That's the thing. If you're going to do this as like a a true crime, like this is so and so story, I, it works because it's like you should know if this is the so and so female story or whatever, like the famous name that this happened to. Not famous, but like. There's been books and like people know the, the story of what happened to this woman and she's gone on to champion like I was a victim blah 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 blah. Sure, start me there where I know she's already in prison sending you a letter. If not, do what you say. Don't start there. Let me get see you two as friends getting developed and let this be like for somebody who maybe didn't check out a trailer at back then. Let that turn of hey there's there's heroin in your in your bag. Let that be the big turn reveal that it's supposed to be. Because if they're in prison, if you know they're yeah, not going to kill somebody, it's, there's no tension. To, there's nothing else. Yeah. There's there's only one reason why you're in prison in another country. You kill somebody or you got drugs. That's it. Right. That's it. So. Yeah. It, it's just not worth your time. I I 
was yeah. about to say, hey, go check out Return to Paradise, but I don't even know if I can vouch for that one because I don't remember it that way. I well. feel like the people in it make it better, though. I mean, I mean definitely better. I'm sure better and... performances overall. Uh, just to just to wrap up, Broke Down Palace, uh, estimated budget of about 25 mil, uh, makes about 10. Yeah. Uh, so not a success. And I was wonder. I was like, you know, we saw it when we were young. I didn't have as much like kind of appreciation for the grander like themes at play and like some of the implications. I made no of apologies it. for anything I liked before I went well, to college. Uh, and I'm and not, learned what movies were and what mise en scene was. And this is one of the first times that we've had to be like, hey, this is a retro review that straight up has not aged well. No, it essentially. Hasn't. And I, so I wanted to look back and I was like, was this, was there a sentiment like this around it at the time? And there definitely was. There were people who were just like, it's, it's kind of xenophobic. It's like, yeah. you know, it's got a lot of issues, very surface level, the way it approaches like mm-hmm. Thailand in general and only really highlights again, the dark, scary side of the prison culture. Whatever. But again, in my memory, I thought prison was like fucking Midnight Express or something, exactly. and it's not at all. And or at so very least, it, on. it at the same time, the idea of like Bill Pullman, like we gotta get them out. Those girls will die in there, and you're just like, I mean, people die every day, Bill. <laughs> it's like, but these white women gotta save these white women. Hey, where are all the white women at? They're in a uh, Thai prison. That's where they're at, Levon. Um, yeah. But seriously, the the other element that I do genuinely feel like maybe could have elevated it, because, like, Danes is established at this point. She's solid in the movie. <clears throat> Beckinsale really, like, tanks this thing. Right. And I, I think maybe if you give her somebody else to play off of, like, I don't, maybe different dynamic, I'm not sure. But, I yeah, I not worth your time. So anybody that rewatched it to stick with us in going through these... That's awesome. Um, I doubt anybody did, but if you did, let us know. TheArcV at gmail.com. And right now, we'll just transition into talking about a movie that we like a lot, a lot more. And you're going to play the right song to go into this, right? Um, No. Dude, this is a classic trailer. Oh, it is, dude. We got to play the trailer. We got to play it. You know what? I watched it on the, the DVD, and I forget. It's in front of turtles in time team mt3 that's like the you know the yellow case vhs whatever trailer was in front of that oh i remember so play it i'm here we go i'm ready new line cinema presents an awesome ripping totally stoked get on with it new movie surf ninjas it's the story of these kids who get booted from their country by this evil dude that was that. Now they're growing up in L.A. But I said... And their life's one major vacation. He's got a waxy old man to wave friction-reducing vehicle. Surfboard. But some gnarly ninjas give them a blast from their past. Those boys die tonight. So they gotta split with their one-eyed guru. Her highnesses. Huh? And go back and save their country. Which is cool, because they meet this mystery babe. You want to go to the mall sometime? And like one dude... ...gets these superpowers. One can see the future in his Sega game. And one, well, one's a geek. There's dynamite here. We'll throw it at him. I got one. One, two, dude. 
Lords. And now they gotta fight the righteous fight. And basically kick some. You gotta see Ernie Reyes Jr. Rob Schneider. He can get a job as a sushi chef, no problem. Wild thing, Tone Loke. Brothers don't serve. And Leslie Nielsen. As Colonel Chief. In a film by Neil Israel. Surf Ninjas. I love the part when I was like, ah! <laughs> Sorry. Who doesn't want to see that movie? Who doesn't want to see that movie? I mean, I was wanting Hit the Coast, but, but, that is the best trailer. From now on. (laughs) I can't untie these chains in me. Yeah. Days and days and days and days and days. Monkey in the jungle. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. David Keaton. Surf Ninjas, 1993. Um brought to us by the one and only Neil Israel. Yes. Director of such classics as Real Genius, Bachelor Party, Look Who's Talking To. Oh, yeah. And writer of... Excuse me, writer of Look Who's Talking To. <laughs> oh, good. And uh, and uh, wrote the first Police Academy as well. And he wrote Real Genius. He didn't direct it. I'm just blazing through this. So this is, a, is he first time director on this? No. No, he uh, he did direct Bachelor Party. Okay, all right, yeah. old, all right. old T. Hanks back in the day. Um, what else we got in here? Two episodes of The Wonder Years. Oh, yeah, and uh, Breaking the Rules uh, was his precursor to Surf Ninjas in 1993. Surf Ninjas for the uninitiated stars: Ernie Reyes Jr. and Senior. Yes, Rap Schneider. Tone low. You heard it all in the trailer. Yeah. They shout. I was like, Holy they shit, just don't they shout, shout out. Them all out. I love that they call him Wild Thing Tone Loke. Like that's what yes. they always. But instead of like funky, Lee, cool Medine, yeah, but it's too much. It Wild too Thing much. was definitely the, that's his at thing. At that dude. point, the yeah. dominant funky, cool Medina for like a year or two there, yeah. and then Wild Thing just it's all over. Yeah, all over. Leslie Nielsen. Yeah, but um, you forgetting like who else is well you, Kelly Kelly who Kelly who and Nicholas Cohen. Is that his name? Nicholas Cowan, of Cowan, course. sorry. I mean, um, icon status as far as little brothers go. Yes. Okay, I'm just saying. Yes. You want to talk about coolest younger brothers in yeah. movie history? He's up there. Yeah, I can dig He's it. Fucking up there. And as as a kid who was literally his age, like, no, I'm not. I'm not. When I'm trying to think, like, when we saw this for the first time. We it, didn't see this until Japan. So I'm like four five right somewhere in there yeah and adam's supposed to be what 10 yeah yeah so i'm i'm like this is aspirational right i want i want my own game gear gavin's got a game gear but i want my own game gear where i control reality yeah um yeah i want my brother to be i, I want us to be children of a uh a fictional thought you know i hope pop son's actually out there somewhere but also, dude. Side, side note, Kwonsu, dude, by all means. Um, is this this is the most iconic Filipino movie ever? Correct. Right. I yes. mean, this is we 
I don't know if this has never really come up on the podcast, but we have a pretty substantial Filipino community in Sumter, our small town that we grew up in. Right. Um, I had a lot of friends, like extended friend groups and stuff, that, that were Filipino. And I mean, our just, neighbors in Japan were. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. of course, we're near a military base, so that's yeah. part of it as well. But, yeah, I, like, I, this has got to be the number one movie. I can't think of another one. No. I can't. I mean, and when you... Add in the fact that Rob Schneider is part Filipino. I mean, yeah, you know, what you wouldn't guess. You're 23 and me, Tone Loke. I'm pretty sure you find it in there too. I mean, it's just it's a thing. And then, okay, we'll, we'll just say it from the get go. You and I had this like, I think we had it pretty much off mic conversation. But right. The big revelation for the rewatch this time because we've right. seen this movie a shit ton. You got the perfect plot breakdown from the trailer, right. so we're not we're not going to read. We'll hit our favorite we'll, moments, we'll but like we just this was a good but revelation. My, my big read this time was I was just like, dude, it's something I never really thought of as a kid. I was just like, this is just one of my favorites, and there's something about that that intro like New Line logo of this era. It's home, dude. It's and fucking it's just, home. Get, it's just it's your. I'm thinking, I'm thinking Mr. Nanny as well. Yeah. This era of like, yeah, yeah, we do kids movies over here at New Line, but our kids movies, they got a little edge to them. Yeah. They got a little fucking edge to them. They got genocide. They got overthrowing a peaceful nation. Yeah. They got a warlord dressed like a samurai. Yeah. None of this totally occurred to me, but I'm like, look at this cast. Yeah. Look at this cast. Yeah. A 1993, again, kids movie, has one of the most diverse cast I could think of. Where there is not, you you could, of course, yes, argue that Tone Loke is the token black guy. But I don't even look at it in those terms. I look at He's it as... He's the only adult. Rob Schneider is like the, the token, token white, white guy, guy in yes. this movie. And we have the heroes are Johnny, Satch, we'll get into Satch. Ernie Reyes Sr. Did they ever collaborate no, again? No, I don't think so. So sorry. not in a not in a on screen role. Now they did stunts all over the place yeah, up you, until the time I think Senior passed. You have like, them. You have Kelly. You have these Americanized kids who have to get re in touch with their roots of again a fictional country, go back and save it from a mercenary warlord, a white said, mercenary, oh, yes, played by Leslie Nelson, who's essentially culturally appropriating like samurai warlords of feudal japan right and has taken over this island peaceful island nation um to what end i'm not really sure no but whatever wait 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 uh, wait, wait. patasanis are among some of the best wood carvers oh so he's on the planet that free labor that's what he wants that's dude he why wants. do you think everybody's like underground in chains and like which this this tripped me out this time when they're going through and they're like uniting everyone, they're not on Patasan. Is Patasan like, is it like a place in your mind? Like you're never home, you're never not in Patasan if you're a state of mind? Because they surf to the island of Patasan. Where did they land? Are this just a, is, I took is, it as like that's the main. Is it like an Atoll Hawaii island. thing? That's my thing. They were going. Was that like the? Was it like an island nation? And like that island was like where yeah, they the royal the family island nation of Patasan. Yeah, but so did the I royal family that... live there? And then yes. like the other Patasani subjects. So it in itself is a tad bit imperialist, is I, it not? 
I would think so, which is part of the whole, at the end, him abolishing all of it and giving the entire land back to the people the idea of, like, you don't need a, you know, you don't need Put a... Put my face on the dollar bill yeah. stamp. Call it Call a day. day. Exactly. The fact that that's the end point that it gets to, again, is, like, just... So, there's so many little things that I just... And I don't even know that they're fully conscious, and maybe I'm giving it a generous read, but I'm just, like... There's, Where else is it in 93 is what we're asking. I'm just, like, there's a lot worse messages and, like, subtext that you could have in a kid's movie, and I just... The fact that so much of this went over my head, and I was just like, I just fucking, I just like these these brothers fucking coming together with their cool idiot friend, and you know, and Tone Loke, who I we were obsessed with as kids, because we were like, dude, fucking dad was bumping Funky Cole Medina like constantly. Yeah, that was that was his his jam. Wild yeah. Thing was that was like the office jam at all of their work parties, right? In that era, at least as they tell it. Okay, mm-hmm. but yeah, so. And Seabaron Jamal was a thing, so we had awareness of him. We had aware we were Ernie Reyes Jr. fans because of fucking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles already. Yeah. Two years prior. Right. Yeah. So in my head, he's one of the biggest stars in the world at this right, time. In exactly. my kid brain, mm-hmm. this guy's he's when one you, of the top dudes. And that's when you what, see that nothing else really big happens after this until maybe well, like the rundown. And that's the thing. Run, excuse we should me, the rundown? Part of a martial arts demo team since he was six right trained as a stunt performer and has continued to work in basically behind the scenes capacity right yeah the fact that you had a and you get it in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles too as well the fact that you had a kid who could carry this stuff not only in the physicality of the stunts but who's also a genuinely charismatic oh my and god funny dude. actor the band like I was amazed how well all of that shit, to, and granted, it's a lot of like nobody talks like this. If they talk like, if these were buzzwords or like catchphrases and stuff, they were popular for maybe a week. Like right. in 1992, when this was being written, this right. is how the kids were talking or something. There's a lot of that stuff and a lot of just like you know random terminology and shit. But at the end of the day, I'm just like it all like all the friend banter. Their interactions between each other, it still holds up. It didn't come off as like cheesy or kid shit to me. I thought it was like genuinely well written and well timed interplay. Now, part of that probably comes from the fact that Rob Schneider, pretty seasoned comedian at this point in terms of just experience level, and yeah, and he's fucking thirty, and somehow it just works. He's sixteen. Yeah, he has one of the greatest character introductions of all time. If you don't watch Ives. I won't put them in. I put that in that knife over you. <laughs> Dude, that, again, when you're a little kid and I'm watching this, the the menace of just the music cues and some of the oh, yeah, POV dude, the way cameras that she, and stuff. Yes. And the, the unsettling nature of, like, it's broad daylight and, like, somebody's in their fucking house. And, like, we have we, a cat. We have a cat. All of that stuff. Like, and, and it still kind of plays for me, but I know where it's all going. But as well, a kid, I want, I want chives, genuinely bro. on it. Well, I want chives, bro. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Iggy, you hear every morning, you hear every evening. Don't you ever go home? And don't you ever wear anything other than my boxer shorts? Don't they provide you with clothing other than my boxer shorts? My parents are in Biosphere in Arizona. Dude, okay. So my brain exploded. The Biosphere in Arizona, that's Spaceship Earth. That's the fucking documentary I watched right, like two yeah. weeks ago. So I'm, I'm watching that doc. I watched Surf Ninjas two nights later. I never, when he did the, my parents are biosphere in Arizona, and then goes into actually explaining what it is. 
And I never thought twice about it yeah. as a kid. You and don't. all of a sudden now I'm like, dude, there's fucking Biosphere joke and Surf Ninjas? Like, fucking, what, dude? Come but on, man. When I, see, before I realized that that's like a real thing, I'm thinking, is he throwing shade at Polly Shore? But like Biodome. Biodome yeah, but no, he's literally talking about the Biosphere yeah. in Arizona, the spaceship Earth people. Yeah, yeah I love it. Dude. Um, the, the thing I loved about this rewatch, too, was the dad. I love Mac. Oh, I, I would just, watch a whole movie about Mac. Mac. Dude, Mac, just be like... Because the it's another thing. We talked about it in The Five Bloods. Oh. Mac is not aged up or down. Do He's know, just Mac. But do you know, in my in my crazy head canon, because you like to do stuff like this. What's that? What if? What if? After he leaves Chinatown, sets out on the road again, old Jack Burton... Noah. Just, you know, start having Noah. adventures. And, Stop And it. he somehow comes across the island nation of Stop it. He starts helping these rebels. Jesus and, Christ, and hey, Noah. Hey, the dude used to be in the Navy. He used to fucking, you know, he knows his way around the ship. He knows Noah. how to work machinery, etc. <laughs> and, you know, he he meets a new a new Wang, if you will. His name is Satch. Yeah. You know? By the I'm way, my saying, brother is the ruler defi- of this island nation. <laughs> yeah. There's definitely... Some Jack Burton energy here. I'm Dude, just totally. The the yeah. No, I agree. <laughs> Timeline kind of matches up. Do, definitely, it could kind of work. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Let's merge together. Reboot. Sir, big trouble in Little Potasan. Big trouble in Little Potasan, dude. Let's write Let's it right write now. It. God, that is that's genius, dude. I've never even felt that. Like just even gone. There. Yeah, and My, we should we should shout out the late great. Oh damn, man. What. John Carlin, uh-huh. Carolyn, I'm not quite sure how to pronounce it, who played Mac, mm-hmm. just died January 20, 22nd of this year. God damn Just it. passed away. 86 years old. Damn. Um, dude, he did, you had to wait two years to talk about this Lacey's. movie, didn't you? He did some Dark Shadows. Um, this is your fault. You waited dude, he two years up, to talk about this movie. Till, he worked up till 2016, baby. Oh, okay. So we could have talked to him in 2017, 2018. We don't want to talk about certain ninjas until now. I'm just kidding. Yeah, so R.I.P. Mac. R.I.P. Yeah. John Carlin. But yeah, definite, like, Jack Burton energy. I love all the flashbacks. This is a case where the framing device and the narration totally fucking works. Dude, let's <laughs> just talk about the intro. By the time I had found him, I knew it was already too late. I remember, like, what? Immediate war, siege, chaos, etc. That was the other thing. The battle sequences held up remarkably well. A lot of times in these quote-unquote kid action movies, you would have a lot of very just like blank action going on in the background. Very like half-assed, not a lot of extras. The battle sequences in the opening and that we get at the closing, which I'm sure were shot basically in tandem with each other. Right. Um, I thought were actually fairly impressive for the budget, the yeah. scale, the type of movie and the, the action that's required here. Like... Oh, they were much better staged than I maybe even gave them credit for as a kid. As a kid, you're just like, oh, this fucking looks great. Everything looks great. It's a movie. I love it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's kids near my own age. They're doing cool shit. Yeah. I'm on board. Um, but yeah, so that really played for me. Again, all of the all of the banter I just I thought was gold. And the fact, again, that it's it's bits that you and I literally say to each other to this day and is so much in random conversation, you would think rewatching it, it'd be like, 
Oh, I know this, but I know this, but it's just a charm factor, dude. The whole time, I meant to tell you, like I've rewatched it like four times Spain since I got the DVD. Could it be, be here? Here? Could it be, be here? here? I wish <laughs> I could. Oh, 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 oh. I wish I could do the the spaz kid who, laughing in who, the back. Who would want to hurt these boys? Only I knew the answer. <laughs> Lied up on an island thousands of miles away, dude. Yeah, the introduction of Colonel Chi, still. A little unsettling for me. Yes, because I'm coming off of naked, by, your I'm naked coming gun. off of Naked Gun. I was right. raised on Naked Gun right. by our by our wonderful Papa. Yes, and uh, yeah, so I'd seen all of those multiple times, and so I had an aware. What at the end of the day, the biggest star in this movie to me is Leslie Nielsen. Even as a kid, I was like, "This is the man." Um, well, that's what so they well in that Julie Robert Hayes Julie Haggerty thing. They talk about him, and they talk about how like. This was the turning point because, like, Nielsen was a was like a funny, flat out dramatic actor prior. playing that straight, and that's his turn to that. Whereas, like, apparently, Bo Bridges wasn't getting it all this, and Robert Stack had to basically be like, "This is how they want it, Lloyd." Ah, oh, all right, and then they they did it. They played everything straight, and they talk about how, like, later on in his career, Leslie Nielsen kind of like maybe knew he was funny. And mm-hmm. so he played things for the laugh as opposed to playing them straight. And now in this movie, though, he I don't feel like he's playing it for the laugh. He's playing it straight. Like, he is Colonel Chi. Oh, yeah. You know, and fart machine and all. Yeah, like, there's some specious IMDb bullshit about, like, him remaining in character the whole time. Nicholas Cowan, like, you know, he said, I actually didn't have much interaction with him, but he discounted that. There's a fantastic How Did This Get Made if you've never listened to it where you know he what shows you need? up at the What I want to do, I meant to do is um, download the Howl app and like just do their free trial to listen to his in-depth like telephone call, Blake's mm-hmm. telephone call with him and uh, one other guy that's related to the movie. But like, I just, I can't think of another, I mean, yeah, there's sidekicks and there's Double Dragon, but there's not another just flat out fun brother centric and again it's surf ninjas there's not a lot of ninjas not a lot yeah no They're... ninjas is a very broad term here, right <laughs> you know sure. it's like i wonder i need to find out the list of what it's called in other countries because like you know when we would go to like hotels in japan they were definitely like, ninja turtles was like Samai samurai demon warrior yeah, three or samurai, something like that exactly yeah yeah, yeah. Which we is had fine. to play the guessing game to like I I remember getting hard target somehow in the midst of that probably way before we should have oh, seen yeah, it. Dude. I don't know what name hard target was Me neither. Under. And I remember being like uh, disturbed by that. I was like, they're hunting people. Wait, this could happen. Yeah. If I get homeless, I get hunted. I know we're trying to quell the retro rewatches, but dude, incredible Hendrickson in that movie and Vosloo as well. Um, yeah. And Van Damme. Come on, man. I mean, yeah. <laughs> of and of course, course classic so, Wolf of Brimley. Classic. You had trouble that time? Did I, sh- I tell you I showed a friend of mine main justice the other day and they just died laughing? I think you mentioned it on the last episode. Okay. Well, I don't know if that's the one we, we didn't air or not. I can't remember. Well, if you kept up with the feed, you would know. Okay. Well, I'll listen to the old one on the way back now. Um, so. Why do you think it is that like moto surfing never took on on the East Coast? Is it like know. strictly a California thing? I don't know. I think it's the cult status of the movie for one thing, and that's the that's the other thing. It has aged over time. You've kind of realized 
it still has the staying power with a certain generation of us, but I know it was a small group that like saw this at the time at least mm-hmm. and like has grown up with it and has this like super duper attachment to it. But it is one of those movies, oddly enough, that when you go back to, you're not like, oh, why did I like this? I was dumb as a kid for liking this. If anything, it's just it's it's only deepened my enjoyment of it, which mm-hmm. almost never happens with stuff that I was this attached to. Yeah. At- at Very rarely. Yeah. I mean, you know, the bits, just the, won't you, <laughs> if you want to get out of it, just tell them, I just found out you were adopted. The, the whole runner. Now you're getting it. Yeah. <laughs> the whole runner of Iggy just like thinking, convinced, convinced that Satch is actually like, okay, yeah, but they're just the decoys. But I, the thing, I'm actually no, the no, heir to the even, even the brilliant part is he fucking telegraphs that to you. I was watching this thing last night on CNN. This guy found out he was like the heir to a king or whatever. Then I started thinking, what happened if I was king? Man, I didn't know at least king would go out with me in a dungeon, just like that. It's like, oh, you just telegraphed the entire movie, dude. But you don't care because, like, if you're watching it for the first time, you don't think that. You're not like, oh, that's weird. But then at the end, you're like, oh, shit, like, Iggy just told us what's going on. Like, what if is totally the t- motif of this movie? What if my father was a king? What if I had this power? Yeah. What if I lost it? Oh. What the hell? I don't want you back there, man. You know, dude, legit explosion. Yeah, good looking explosion. No, what, good you're talking 90s about these explosions. You were talking like the whole fucking house goes up. Yeah, like it's huge. Like that's some like Joey DiCatano stuff. Like crazy apocalypse now shit. And you're talking about the battle sequences earlier. I just remembered it was. It's always been in there. I always noticed it. But like everyone else is ducking after mm-hmm. they throw the bombs. Ernie Reyes. Junior is like, he's standing up strong. And the transformation from like, hey, you just got to take your shirt off and pull your hair back and you're a badass, dude? Yeah. Tell me. Tell me that's not like the fucking shit. Dude, when he, I, when he, they're on the island, they find like the, they're trying to get the sword that he needs to take. The knives of Kwansu. Yeah. Because money can't buy knives. Money can't buy knives, as we all know. I cut him. But where he finally gets frustrated with Satch to the point of like, all right, man, we're going to fucking go at it. And the brief moment of, there's a TV spot that really highlighted this moment or whatever, but where he cracks the sword and it's like, oh. Yeah, the gold or whatever. Yeah. Um, just, oh, all right, all right. Just great moment. He plays every bit of comedy perfectly. And yes, the early transition when they're in the restaurant and he's like discovering his powers essentially. And it's, as if his body is being like taken over by martial arts, right. essentially, um, he's just activated. Just great stuff, and he plays the physics. It's the kind of thing where I was like, "Dude, I thought he was headed for a Jackie Chan s career of blending together amazing stunt work with really fun comedy." Right. And these, a, basically, a Jackie Chan for a slightly younger generation. I thought that he had like. And I we we don't know like what happened behind the scenes. There weren't that many opportunities for him. But it's like you think in our again in our minds, and you don't know how like studio execs were looking at it. But I'm like, dude, if I can now say I I've got the star of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two, Secret of the Ooze. He's inarguably kind of the star in the face of like separate of the turtles because you don't you don't have Casey in the second one. Do That's you? the he's the Casey stand-in essentially. Yeah. yeah. But you can say T- Seeger of the Ooze and Surf Ninja star Ernie Reyes Jr. Like, I think he could have had a, 
a longer run than maybe mm-hmm. he was, you know, able to get at the time. And Nicholas Cowan sounds like he just kind of went the normal route of like I did a few other things, I did some commercials, and then I went to school and became a normal person basically. Like yeah. I, you know, it wasn't for me. And I mean, again, Ernie Reyes does he does show up in the rundown for yes. a little bit, and he's Which, been doing. Well, I remember when that it, happened. That was the biggest thing about the rundown at the time for me and you. Yeah. Independent of like, oh, this is the the coming out party for the Rock. It's Schwarzenegger passing the torch one of the better Sean William Scott supporting performances and a great, like, fun, crazy walk-in performance. Mm-hmm. Not all of that was completely secondary to the fact that you and I were both like, dude, Ernie Reyes has a credit. He's going to be in this movie coming up soon. We got to fucking check it out. And he's got some pretty memorable moments, like, going toe-to-toe with The Rock in that movie. And then he gets, you know, just... Yeah, uh, Kind of unceremoniously <laughs> killed, killed off screen. Off. Yep, yeah, yeah, done. Um, but yeah, and I just... Something about this movie. He's worked on. He no, worked wait. on Avatar, and I believe he's working on the sequels as well. If I'm not mistaken. I hope so because I know like for a while he had stuff. a scare with some kind of uh, cancer or some kind of blood disease or something that he mm. had bounced back from because there was a GoFundMe for him. And I may have lied to you. I may have said we watched this in Japan, but something about this movie feels like a a Friday night on Perry Boulevard in the summertime to me. I can okay. vividly remember like windows open, movies on either in the play in the front room, not the playroom, like our play like the front room, and it's on. Like we rented it or something. Maybe that was just like the first time we watched it. I had the Surf Ninjas video game. I still do like the game, and that's the thing. That's crazy. Sega actually like worked with the movie to yes. like make those things. What you got in the Surf Ninjas game. Uh, that I had and played is nothing. They're nothing alike at all, but right. it's still fun. Um, the one thing that I will say about this movie, the only flaw that it has in my eyes, the only, the only flaw be clear. is that I cannot find out what fucking song they're playing when they are all rising up and they're, they're like slowly, my people, if you know the song, you can join us. It's like I think that's just original score. That like, it, it it's is. It's just some fart know, rock guitar, and no, it's no, no. great. It's like Santana fart rock guitar. It does. I know who. I've I've had no. I've had to go to the California Library of Digital Public Recordings. I know who the artist is. I know what studio it was done at, and that it was put in this movie. I cannot find an MP3 of it to save my life. All right. Well, let your boy. Uh, do some work on that and see what I can find. If for you know, like I swear to God, Noah, if you take this music at all and turn it into anything else, I will finance your next three albums. Okay, okay, I'm dead fucking I'm serious. That. I love because I mean, like just before that, you know, they do the awesome, you know, um, one of my favorite bits. It gets it's. I don't know when they would have shot it. What part? And I want to. I would just love to know when it's actually shot. But you get the whole, oh, it's dynamite in here. And you could say this is a flaw, but it's the one time that you realize you are in a kid's movie. It's like, oh, you're supposed to light it first. Hey, matches by matches. I've got this. You smoke cigarettes? Yeah, I know I should quit. Maybe you should get the patch. Look who I'm talking to. Him turning to us and telling, look who I'm talking to. I'm like, that could pull you out. But if in two, not even two seconds later, 
He throws the dynamite, blows it up, and him and Tom Loke had this little, that's the way to do it, baby. And they both slap hands on the backside of their hands. I'm like, these two were bros on the fucking set. Like, these <laughs> dudes, these were the old, these were the two that were old enough to go out, and they probably got drunk a bunch or, like, had fun or did whatever. Mm-hmm. Tom Loke was being all wild thing. And just, wait, how did you get out of your handcuffs? I had a key. Where? We searched you. Swallowed it. You, whoa, how'd you know you're going to need it? Swallow it every, every Tuesday. Tuesday. Oh, I swallowed it last Tuesday. <laughs> well, how'd you know you're going to need it? I swallow it every Tuesday. Yeah. Um, incredible stuff. It's, little, just, it's my favorite tone load performance. Yeah. Of his, unfortunately, brief like, film career. Brief film yeah. career. Yeah. No, I, I dig it. Hashtag bring back tone load. Yeah. Put him Hashtag in. we're up with LOC. We want... We want a Tone Loke, Omar Gooding film, I think. Do we still want that? Sleepless 2. There you go. Electric Boogaloo. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if I... Okay, so Colin, they had to postpone their wedding right. and reschedule. So they sent out a second round of invitations. Oh, this month. This fucking Colin Tuig. <laughs> I God damn it. Oh, I have it. Hold on a okay. second. Hold on a second. Okay. I know, like, Mom gave it to you the other day when you were there. I just, I've, if this is what I think it is, I'm just, this fucking kid, man. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, I love how you banter. Thanks for the dead air. Oh, no, I was just... Thanks a lot. Okay. Um, Colin Tuick and Taylor Pritchard are getting married, parentheses, for real this time. <laughs> um, okay. Our wedding, round two, electric boogaloo. <laughs> um, that's pretty much all the jokes they worked at. But I, even in their second invitation, they managed to, like, throw in a few. Yeah. I few mean, I, I can't... We I don't I mean, you know... I'll give it to you real quick if you don't know it already. Basically, the kids find out that they their parents have been murdered by Leslie Nielsen. Yes, Mac, when they, they were find babies. out Mac, their extremely exactly. white father. They know they were adopted, not, yes. but they like realize like, oh, why don't you just tell them that I just found out? Yeah, that you were adopted. If you want to get out of it, yeah. just tell my. Maybe I could tell them I was hammered by the fact I found out I was adopted last night. You were adopted last night. I mean, why didn't your dad just adopt you when you were babies? We were adopted when we were babies. <laughs> the the bit about Schneider not surfing. Putting an ungodly <laughs> amount of wax on this surfboard. In the way that they're like, yeah, no, right. And a wave friction-reducing vehicle. I'm going to pull a wax. A lot of wax. A lot of wax. Yeah. And they imply that he's never surfed. It's not like he went out, didn't have enough wax. Yeah, no. Fell. This is a regular occurrence that yeah. he just comes out, waxes right. his board, and then, yeah. Right. And the fact that, like, at the end, he's, <laughs> I love. Hey, Johnny, we're leaving. Oh man! I had some moves in me too. <laughs> now I had some moves in me too. I love what he's just. I just want to say, felt really safe in your arms. I've never said to a man before. <laughs> and then the and he's like, Johnny, I did it. I served. I served. Like they're so happy. But like, is it now? Question. I don't remember from the rewatch because it was on and it was like the surfing scene and it's from now on all that. Did Tone Loke actually say what he says in the trailer? Of like, brothers don't serve. Yeah. Get back. Okay. All right. Yeah. Get back to the hood. Well, nobody. Yeah. Nobody's home. Yeah. I do that's love. In what, there. I do love when he gets the Billy Club later, and he's like, "Yeah, this is more <laughs> like it." I'm like, "Didn't you have a? Oh yeah, you did have a gun, but you lost it." 
Hey, man, you slide down the mountain? I'm sorry. You're supposed to say, yeah, and I'm like, ain't it styling? <laughs> <laughs> Adam, you're driving. Dude, we could literally go through that entire movie probably line by line. Just no, with Dad, all- we just want to drive, but the man, man won't let us. We weren't moto surfing. <laughs> you know, for once, I'd like to be right. Oh, they busted Jones the again. Is just the commitment to this is the world of this movie. Kids right now, in 93 yes. L.A., Let's not mention that, like, 92 L.A., when this was being written, probably not, the like, the most fun. You don't want to show that side. But, like, they live right on the beach. They go to a high school that's not far away, obviously. Their dad owns a freaking ship. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, are you open? <laughs> it's a long way. You got killer shakes. You got killer shakes, bro. Please show the food good, because, you know, uh, cops. <laughs> It's so fucking... I love the... Yeah. Again, the rest would literally just be us running through lines. But the big takeaway that, again, kind of completely escaped me was just, like, crazy that you have an extremely young cast as well, but is this diverse, and it it lets them carry it. It's not, you know, it's not constantly leaning on, let's cut back to Leslie Nielsen every five minutes to give you some more of, like, an established presence or whatever and, like, keep beefing up the villain. He's there set him up and everything and i he functions perfectly i love the the call waiting and like mm-hmm. yeah kill him all. <laughs> kill him i'm I sorry i gotta him. put you on hold oh yeah come on <laughs> yeah um all that stuff is great the, your battery the packs a dry turtle etc yeah <laughs> i love that dude news flash your side loss <laughs> the rolling down the hill was, yeah. yeah i love that they they i didn't realize this until like watching it this time reading it they don't tell you. They tell. They call Kelly Hugh by her name one time, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Romay, would you run like a mother and get Winky the one-eyed black belt? That'd be great. And like that's it. And the rest of the time, they don't speak her name out loud, and it's so weird, mm-hmm. you know. And I, oh, dude, I, I don't know, dude. There will be never they be. They got pretty. They got pretty solid chemistry. Dude, honestly, there will their, never their be a scenes. better intro to a female lead, in my opinion. They're sitting there cracking jokes. Chick's got a veil, do better bail. They cover her face, pick up the face, and Rob says, she's probably not really very attractive. Show. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, dude, this was you. This, You're that guy. You're supposed to make these jokes. Um, that, wow. that top five might devolve, <laughs> um, dissolve into just uh, like something that could be potentially problematic, but maybe best like female reveals as, as a topic at some point. I mean, it's such it's such an easy one. I'm sorry, but it's Laura Dern in Blue Velvet. It's the best reveal shot ever. Okay, female. It just is. I've never seen Blue Velvet. We don't do that podcast anymore. Um, Maybe we should. Yeah. Should we do, should we just go ahead and determine that? Yeah, Surf Ninjas, a thousand and fifty four times better than Broke Down Palace. hundred percent. And do we want to ride out on this, or do you have another movie for me, or are we going to do another podcast? Were you? Were you not on a gay cruise? Because <laughs> you are wearing the same fucking shirt that I saw you in Sunday. In my mind, you haven't changed or showered in the interim. You left mom and dad's house in that shirt. <laughs> oh, yeah. After you fell asleep Dude, after... This is my easy breezy I... around the house Hawaiian shirt. My easy breezy beautiful cover That I shirts. don't wear in public anymore because there's negative connotations with Hawaiian shirts. Really? So. I wear that shit all the time. Yeah. Dude, that's all I wear at work. I throw vests of my like my brand wear mm-hmm. i wear shirts like that all the time just throw a black vest v-neck vest over it I'm like chandler bing but without the long sleeves right. yeah <laughs> so what do we want to do here moving forward dude 
I I don't know. Maybe we'll just play it by ear. I I do I still do want to catch. Uh, you should have left the new Kevin Bacon David Coe horror movie that's on VOD right now. Right. So we can definitely do possibly a new review. I forgot to recommend it earlier. Excuse me. You have to watch Legalize Everything, Eric Andre's Netflix special. Okay. It is one of the best sets I've seen in recent memory. Definitely an acquired taste, obviously. Oh, I love that dude. You it, it doesn't do, matter, dude. I love that he dude. He sustains the energy of the 11-minute Eric Andre show for 50 straight minutes. It is one of the wildest live shows I've ever seen. It's so much fun. It I was literally one of those where you are laughing so hard there's no sounds coming out anymore. Where you it go hurts. silent, where you're yeah. just like, yeah. <laughs> I had a couple of those. I I genuinely think it's like one of the best stand up specials I've seen in a long time. Okay, but other people who if you're not already predisposed to like wanting to check it out because of him, he, he's not going to win any new fans. But if you like Eric Andre, you. It's one of those where I'm sitting there and I'm like, dude, why is he not, like, he's never had a big HBO special. He's never had a big Comedy Central special. Like, why is, it, why is it just now that, like, he's finally getting one? Because he like, probably wants well, to do it now. Yeah. Or, or, like, that's a thing now. Well, because it's also it's just, like, Netflix is just giving away specials. Left yeah. and right, period. But they this one I content, definitely baby. think is worth your time. Highly recommend it. Um. So, you should have left. I definitely want to do, like, a new review for it. There's the new, uh, I don't know if it's any good. I've heard mixed reviews, but 7500, the uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt yeah, hijacking movie could be interesting to discuss. Uh, there's a couple of things that were sitting on the watch list. I was like, I want to get to those, but, like, I wanted to finish. Yeah. I, I so have to there's finish a, the There's a few new reviews that we could definitely do along with our normal rewatches and stuff we're doing. But um, I was tempted to, we've de- debated doing it several times and you know july 4th is right around the corner so in my head it I've threatened to do it multiple times i can't it doesn't necessarily have to be a two by two retro review but i really want to talk about southland tales in some kind of depth uh before july 4th because it's terrifying how that movie becomes more and more Less and less of a futuristic satire and more and more reality every day that goes by. Uh, in Is a it lot streaming of somewhere? I, I mean, don't you, you have a copy, right? I do, and it's one of those I could do without rewatching, but I also just for the You gotta sake rewatch of, it. Yeah. If it's streaming somewhere to I have purchase. rewatched it in the last three months, but I also feel like i would need so to much change in the last three months I you gotta all, do that again exactly and i also this is one where i might we might have to bring in an outside counsel and uh finally finally get baron williams on the podcast because he and i are i, I think we're collectively the two biggest fans of that movie on planet earth possibly um i think it's a masterpiece and completely underrated and forgotten unfortunately so that is i'm just throwing that one out there maybe we leave it up in the air for like what we're gonna definitely come back and talk about next time but that's one that's been kicking around in the old noggin and i think july 4th would be a, a great time to to drop that one obviously we probably record it in advance but that's what i'd like to do as a network for july 4th yeah let's do it southland big, tales big I'll, southland tales i'll rent it and i'll watch it and we'll go from there um Oh, it's available. Uh, Mubi has it right now. You can do a. We can do a movie trial. If yeah, yeah, like that to. works. Uh, we can figure that out on our end. So, um, 
I assume, which shit, I keep forgetting that June is almost over. Yeah. June is definitely almost over. So that may, in fact, be the next time that you guys hear from us. We may squeeze in another recording yeah. session in between. So, you know, for the, for anybody that legit gives a shit or wants to have any input on the show, you can email us, thearchivy at gmail.com, and let us know. It's always on the table that we just fucking drop everything and we go back to the Bay of Lynch. Yeah. We, we pull that boat out of the dock and we, we finish that thing. Mm-hmm. I think it was a good idea. I do. But nobody ever really followed up on it. Now, bear in mind, that will require you to actually sit down and watch Dune start to finish and bring Which opinions to the table. I know, but the last time you did it and we attempted to record that episode, I was left out there hanging. I was left out there dry as the goddamn desert of Dune. Well, listen, dude, because the fucking spice wasn't flowing because I didn't have a novel and like a uh, a chart with a bunch of string to tell me whose house was but doing what. that's what I'm saying. And it was also, it was a first timer for you. That's why I'm saying, if we do that, you would need to go back, rewatch it, yeah, a little more to the table. And then obviously we can fucking talk about Armageddon right in now. In our sleep. Yeah. Literally right now. I'll do it any day. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um. <laughs> And that's literally that's been the hurdle to get us back on track. Because then, dude, it's a it's a gravy train as far as lunch is concerned. Um, of oh, you like, think it's not a great on the, the Bayside either? You don't think the further and further we get away <laughs> from the rock, the diminishing returns in general. And then I've had a change of heart with Six Underground, which is a modern day action masterpiece. Fucking fight us, whatever. Um, well, you just gonna disavow painting gain? I. That's where it, the the turn started. the The pivot away was basically the, the trans. I like the island. Okay, it was the Transformers period. I love Bad Boys too. Yeah, fully aware that it is a a trashter piece. Is that a word? I don't know. Um, it's a masterpiece of trash. It's gorgeous, gorgeous trash in the same way that Six Underground is. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. On a movie scale, Six Underground is like a six. On a Michael Bay scale, it's a fucking like ten out of ten. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So we can always head back to the Bay of Lynch. Can resurrect that. Mm-hmm. The Paul W. E. S. Anderson cast is always still still on the table. Gavin's yeah. done a little bit independent review on that One. to begin with. Two. Two. Yeah, that's right. Three. <laughs> well, I mean, I could do three. And yeah, four you don't have any it. PTAs that you snuck in on me this week, did you? No, not yet. Just check. It's cool. I haven't watched Extraction or Lockout or Sleepless or Den of Thieves. That's the only reason why <laughs> I want to keep doing this because I feel like eventually it'll get to the point where, like, I can say, Those will be retro. Hey, can you watch this? And you'll go do it because, like, you tell me to watch stuff and I go do it. But like sometimes. Most of the time. Most of the time. Have you watched that 808 documentary, Noah? Being the music head that you are? No, nope. you know what I still haven't gotten to either? Nope. In search of the last action hero. Yep. I still haven't gotten to it. All this time. All this stuff you're doing. In, yeah. Editing the podcast. And posting. Yeah, being off for three months. <laughs> making out like a fucking bandit. Yeah. <laughs> Playing your Last of Us 2. Why don't you watch a fucking movie your brother wants you to watch? Watching your Sopranos been over for ten years. You already oh, seen it. Oh, good. You've already seen it once. You're going to see it again. You're going to watch something you ain't never seen before. 
haven't seen Sopranos. I'm in uncharted territory. I thought you've already watched this all the way through once. No, I've only oh, seen the fine, first season. Oh, fine, fine. finish the Sopranos. This is like Horatio. How's Horatio Canning going? We Horatio and the team are doing just fine. We gotta shut the fuck up. We gotta go to fucking trouble. Get, 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 we are gonna get in trouble. Shut the fuck kicked up. Kicked out. Okay. Um, Horatio's fine. We gotta go. All right. Yeah. Seriously, I think we, I think we will. No, we just won't go. Yeah. And it, it, we're two hours and 12 minutes deep into this. How do we do this again? For anybody who stuck around this long, thank you. We appreciate it. Again, to, to recap very briefly, Broke Down Palace, skip it. It's not worth your time. Surf Ninjas. Kwansu Dudes. Fucking masterpiece status. Childhood masterpiece. Holds up. So glad we can say that collectively. Um, only gets better with age. Has aged like a fine wine, as far yes. as I'm concerned. Um, yeah. Or finally so, crafted Patasani's earth. Let us know what we should do next. The archive at gmail.com. And, you know, if you don't say anything, we're just going to do what we were going to do anyways. And we'll figure it out. On yeah, our own. exactly. So, you we know, just like to have some kind of direction. Not too much pressure, but, you know, I keep hearing it, the bending, not breaking guys. They're, they're doing great. There's been a huge surge. It's on Netflix now. Go check it out. Avatar The Last Airbender if you're a fan. If you're just finding it for the first time. Those guys have a great fan community now. They're getting voicemails. They're getting regular contact. They've got voice actors from the show guesting on episodes. They're they're killing it. They're doing amazing. Let's, I let's, one email. Just that's all I'm asking for. Just let me know you're out there. No, listen, we can't sell out. Okay, we can't sell out. We got to keep it. got to keep it like us. I'm begging for it. Hey, keep your voice down. You're gonna wake your girlfriend up again. Easy. Yeah. Forget about it. Yeah. Sorry, I had to. It's okay. It's quite all right. I had a blast. Didn't expect this to be another two hours. I had a good time. We definitely talked about Broke Down Palace way more than it deserved. Yeah. But I think we somehow did serve ninjas as much justice as we are capable of doing on exactly. this cast. Uh, okay. Is that it? I mean, I just, it. I just want to in unison say Quan Zoo dudes okay. after you do your thing, and then we can get out of here. Okay. So, um, go ahead. I have been Noah. And I have been Gavin. We've been the Blanchard Brothers. Until next time, stay safe, stay smart, and stay tuned. Kwansu dudes. They must love this. This mean like free beer, beer or something. something. <laughs> Another day is done. Still the hunger.